they just hit over 3,000 today, so that's pretty awesome. Anyway, we're live. Hey, everybody. Wave to the wave to the camera, folks. Coach is over there. Let me adjust. Uh, let me have you scoot over just a little bit so we can see that 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 money maker of yours, Coach. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode three of the Voice of the Brickyard Battalion uh, Permanent Relegation. As you notice, it's just Andy this time, which is okay. Chris had to go home. He was a little under the weather. He tried to tough it out as long as he could. He just couldn't do it. Um, but in his in his stead. Uh, of course, Coach Coach Summer, you came along. You're gonna you're gonna kind of spend a little bit of time with us today. But you brought a tag along. You brought your assistant with you. We did. Tim the Regan brains of the operation. Yes. So Tim, you're gonna kind of take the place of Chris. <laughs> yeah, I can handle that. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's get the particulars out of the way first before we really start getting going. Um, of course, uh, permanent relegation podcast at PR Podcast Show is the Twitter handle. Um, at Indy 11 is your guys. Do you guys have you have personal uh, Twitter accounts, correct? Correct. At, summer uh, Summer 11. Summer 11. With an O. With an O. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a Twitter account? I have a fake one <laughs> for reading things. I am not live. You ha You have a fake one for reading things. Yes. Okay. So you follow some stuff just to kind of keep up with uh, with current events and things. Of course. But you don't? Okay. Cool. Um, at the B at the underscore BYB, of course, is the Brickyard Battalion at Indy 11. Um, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Permanent Relegation and PermanentRelegation.com. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Um, we're going to get to some uh, questions here from you guys. Of course, use the hashtag um, BYBcast to ask either Tim or Jurgen any kind of questions you have. Of course, Jurgen, a friend of the show, has been on the show before, so I thank you for Great coming to be back. back on again. Of course. You guys had a busy weekend, I think, right? You had something going on Saturday, I believe. Took a good chunk of the evening. <laughs> but we are, of course, live here at Fisher's, uh, um, Chatham Tap and Fisher's. Just want to kind of get through some things. Of course, if you've ever been to uh, the, the beautiful confines here at Chatham Tap, you can watch MLS games, Premier League games, Champions League games. Uh, the Indy 11 game was actually shown here for people who couldn't make it down to the stadium. Great. Which... Great based off attendance wasn't that many people that couldn't actually go there because it was packed house which we'll talk to that and we'll talk about that here in a few um and of course uh 1070 the fan and fm 107.5 which actually you've been on a couple of times the soccer saturday thing with greg regstraw right um they're going to start broadcasting live here at chatham tap on saturdays uh starting april 19th at 9 a.m so greg regstraw and he'll have some guests uh, they'll be up here. You can drink, watch some Premier League games, and then uh, interact with them when they're here live at Chatham Tap and Fishers. And, of course, at Fitters, Fishers Chatham Tap is the Twitter handle for Chatham Tap and Fishers. So, now with that out of the way, let's talk about the game on Saturday against the Railhawks, which was, which was a team last year what finished, I think, what, second or third in the table right. last year? What kind of preparation really went into that game Going for, like going into that game based off of you knowing and watching game film, and them having no idea of what you guys are actually really going to bring to the table, except for a handful of exhibition games that might have been on tape. We're <clears throat> trying to do as much legwork as we could with resources that Tim and I had in the college ranks. They did a lot of what we did in the preseason, uh, you know, bringing trialists in college games. Uh, rotating through a number of formations and players looking for the right fit in certain roles uh, as we did a little bit through the preseason. So we got some feedback from some of the college coaches that they played. Uh, we didn't see them on the road in some of the places we were in Arizona, Florida, 
as we kind of mixed it up a little bit with MLS teams as well. Sure. Um, so a lot of it just came through word of mouth, a little bit of video from more of the college ranks. And uh, they've got a good core of players, so they brought back a pretty sturdy core, one of the best teams in NESL last season with their overall record, very strong. Uh, you know, and they've been in the league for a while, so they've got a great basin of very talented ACC college players in and around them. So they're always going to be, uh, I think, a relevant force in the NESL. Sure. And what was your guys's initial impression? Obviously, you guys played in front of. I mean, you guys have both played. Did you play collegiately uh, or collegiately and MLS? Okay, so you played. Who'd you play for at MLS? Metro Stars. Okay. Chivas USA. Okay. Uh, and then what's your what's your, other than the assistant coach at the eleven? What what are your other roles as well? Jurgen usually gets a lot of the spotlight, and then he'll get most of the spotlight this evening. <laughs> oh, look, he's like, no, 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 this guy over here. <laughs> but like, what kind of other things are you doing aside from the uh, from assistant coaching at the Indy eleven? Besides whatever Jurgen tells me, um, <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer. Don't let him. Uh, oh, you got to ask him about that. Could be the trivia question. Ooh, tonight. Except you just gave away the answer. I did. I didn't say where, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the um, the other roles are our weekly preparations for opponents, uh, scouting, recruiting potential players for the future, video analysis, training, daily training, preparation and recap. And okay. Everything else you're gonna tell me. <laughs> that's fine, and it's that's what you're supposed to do. That's your role, right? Right. You got You got to be there right. for him. Um, and what was what was your guys's? I mean, obviously, you guys have both played in front of some big crowds. In terms of the crowd on Saturday, obviously being here in Indy, uh, you know, what was what was your reaction once you got there? Obviously, you were hearing rumblings of the numbers of how many people you know it was sold out. Of course, I was too, and the expectations that I've had going into it obviously are a little different because you guys have played in front of crowds similar to that before. But when you actually got there and got to the stadium and saw the mass of people, and especially the Brickyard Battalion folks that were extremely loud the entire time. I don't know if you guys watched the broadcast of the game. I hope so. Yeah, no, <laughs> we have. It, you could hear it the entire time. And it, it even got to the point where um, Regstraw and uh, Howder, I think I said, yeah, yeah, Howder, Brad Howder. I, were, were commenting on it a couple of times during the game because it was so loud and because it was just constant. What was your guys' and the players? You, got, you got, probably got feedback from the players as well. What kind of feedback did you get back from them, too, based off the crowd that you saw on Saturday? I guess I'll start for me. I, uh, Tim and I got down there quite early just to prepare and uh, kind of get the dressing room ready and get our thoughts ready for the players coming in, knowing the importance of the game. And you could already see the activity starting to build in around the stadium early, uh, 4.30, 5 o'clock. Fans are starting to tailgate in the parking lots a little bit. Uh, as our staff, was, our uh, operations crew was setting up the stadium, you could see people wanting to come in early. Right. And you could really see the buzz in around the stadium, which I think is, uh, and Tim knows as well, he's been to a lot of U.S. soccer events and World Cup qualifying games. And you start to see the buzz outside the stadium, you know it's going to be a good night. Uh, the venue is going to be a, a little bit electric. So as we got closer to the game, Tim went out with some of the players to do some early warm-ups. And uh, you could see it. You could feel it well early before the game. So that was my first impression that I knew it was going to be a meaningful night. Everyone knew it was going to be a special event. But when you show up, and especially for us as, as the team, we had spent a lot of time at IEPUI training in the last six weeks and watched the, the facility unfold mm -hmm. from the bleachers going in behind each goal, east and west side, and then the suites across and, and made it more of a soccer-playing venue 
But to see the people in the stands and the players all agreed unanimously, it was just breathtaking uh, throughout the course of the game. You know, you couldn't, you could picture it in your head. You can draw a nice computer animated image on a, on a website. <laughs> right. But uh, the real thing was was really unbelievable. And, and did you guys, uh, you guys get a chance to see the TIFO, the big India, uh, Indianapolis skyline TIFO that went up, which was I, I should have been ke keen to that, but it kind of surprised me anyway because I think probably somebody told me, but I was also tailgating since like 4:30 in the afternoon, so I think I forgot about it. So when it went up, and seeing it, seeing it live was pretty cool. Seeing it on TV and how the scale of how big it was there. Uh, you know, did you guys get a chance to take a look and see on the field? Like, did it kind of give you any kind of? I mean, it gave me chills, but I'm just a fan, so I don't know what kind of feelings you guys had from it based off of just looking at it, being coaches. No, for me, it really covered the whole west end of the bleachers. There, <laughs> it went from top to bottom, sure. and I was amazed. In unison, they got it up and down, and it stayed whole. Uh, but I couldn't believe how big it was. It really covered the whole west end of the stand of the BYB, and. So it was really impressive. I kind of looked over to my right and kind of noticed even the Carolina players and coaches kind of <laughs> looking at it, kind of like raising eyebrows. So it was really cool. Like Tim said, it was breathtaking. You know, I anticipated there being something unique there, but that was really magic. It was a lot better and bigger than I thought it would be. And, and uh, those guys were on their feet, kind of making noise the entire 90 minutes. And uh, the, it really, the players really fed off of that. So I know we're seeing that in training this week as – Guys are saying you know, there's something to fight for here. They want to sure. get into the starting lineup and uh, get on the team sheet every week, which makes our job a lot easier, <laughs> a lot more meaningful as we're pushing them through exercises right. during the week. Makes for a more challenging practice. Correct. And, and, and what kind of things are you guys taking from the game on Saturday? And I, I guess I just kind of want to start just the focus on the game on Saturday. And I'm sure you've been asked, at, uh, you know, ad nauseum about some of the game, some of the you know strategies and all that kind of stuff. But I guess one of my questions is. What kind of effect did, did the emotion of the, the magnitude of the game, being the first game in Indy uh, for NASL and, and for Indy 11, in that grand sc uh, scheme of things, with as many people are, as we're watching, not only on at the stadium but on TV too. I heard the ratings through WDI were pretty pretty solid. Good. And so, what kind of effect did that have? Not even not only on you as coaches, but on the players as well. Did you think that it was a little? I. I Viewing it from the stands, it didn't seem too shaky. It didn't seem like there was a lot of like extra hard passes or hard touches because that emotion was really there. But what kind of things were you telling the players before you went out and maybe even just making uh, adjustments at halftime um, based off of the emotion of being there, especially after that first goal too. I mean, that was one of the things that definitely got people really going. But what kind of things did you kind of give them uh, advice for going out versus the changes that you made emotionally at halftime. Yeah, I would definitely say that, that the emotion side of it, uh, I do agree. It didn't get to them too much. I don't think anyone hit the panic button. You didn't see huge stress-filled panic players out there. And uh, the good thing was the opponent kind of matched our style in a sense that they almost evened out in some ways, which was helpful because there wasn't huge tactical adjustments to be made at halftime. And uh, we just kind of asked them to, to manage when to push forward and when to hold back and, and make sure that we can make it through 90 minutes because the, the energy levels did dip toward the end, <laughs> uh, which is natural this early in the season as fitness levels haven't reached their peak. Sure. And, uh, of course, with only three substitutions, you have to, to pick the right guys and the right timing to get them all in. 
Um, but all in all, I think that they, they soaked up the emotion side of it and used it to their advantage. And, and clearly, toward the end, uh, we pushed more than the opponent, and the home crowd is pretty much 100% of the reason. You know, <laughs> if you don't have that, it's really hard to keep pushing the envelope all the way to right. what was 93 minutes at the end of it. Right. And, and one of the things that I, I did want to just throw out there, that uh, a gentleman by the name of James Cormick was the one who led the TIFO, like getting that all together. There's a video that we're gonna, probably going to post, uh, that the Brickyard Battalion is going to post of them in a giant warehouse putting it all together. And I think they're going to be, I don't know if there's anything uh, new going to be at this next game, but the next home game afterwards, they're going to have a new one that apparently is going to be even bigger than the first one. <laughs> wow. Well, I know James has been a great supporter. He's yes. been with us from day one. And uh, even through the summer tryouts when we first started, he's always been there and uh, been a, a great supporter of the club and and uh, our staff. So we thank him for that. And I'll just kind of hook on to what Tim said. Uh, you know, we got to a point that guys were just ready to play. We had a long preseason, lots of practice games. Uh, we had been in IUPY for a couple weeks training. So there really wasn't kind of the uh, kind of the nervous jitters, to, so to speak of. But what we did try to say and get to the players was a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is fans want to come see who you are. They don't know who we are yet because uh, we've assembled quite a motley crew of players from all over the world. Right. And have just recently brought them all into town, finally gotten them settled. I mean, we even had some late signings going into the week prior to the game that we used. And uh, so we really haven't even had a solid month of training where we've had our group together really working and firing on all cylinders. So there's more to come for Tim and I to figure that out during the weeks here going forward for practice. But uh, we felt like emotionally they were coming out to kind of, you know, put a mark on the game and kind of show the fans who they were, what they bring to the table. But I didn't see panic or any kind of fear in their eyes or really... Like Tim said, we pushed all the way to the end, even still looking for chances late in the game to try to win the game. And, and kind of touch on that too, with in terms of chemistry and even just you know formation selection. I know that you're, uh, you know you've mentioned in a couple of interviews that you're kind of a four-four-two guy. Um, is there anything that, based off the players that have been signed, uh, is there any different types of formations that you're going to try to mess with to get that chemistry uh, clicking a little bit faster? And how did some of the the late signings affect any kind of chemistry on the field, you know, on the pitch, based off of some some new people coming in that that were either match ready or, or fit to play to the point where you were putting them in the starting lineup versus people that have been around for two or three months already. Right. Uh, good question. Obviously, there's certain players like a Cleberson that come in and kind of change the dynamic of the room very quickly. Um, you know, we're trying to be as best we can, a very attacking-oriented team, trying to be exciting, moving the ball forward, D not necessarily married to a 4-4-2. I think uh, depending on availability of players and the types of players that we have, uh, we'll look to tweak that from time to time and see how we can maximize, you know, the, the level of player that we have and fitness levels. Uh, players get injured, suspended, so we, we have to be flexible a little bit, but pretty happy with the shape that we have now we came out more in a 4-2-3-1 uh you know obviously we have ben spencer away with the u20 national team so it changed a little bit of the dynamic of what we have available to us up front so we have to be uh be wary of that um but every player that that comes in now that we bring in uh you know has a role on the team in a specific area where we feel we have strengths or weaknesses that we're going to keep trying to improve so mm -hmm. Um, I'll let Tim talk a little bit more. He's got a pretty keen eye on, on the tactical <laughs> side as well. 
I think Jurgen hit it earlier when you talk about when players arrived. And Cleverson didn't arrive until his first training session was March 28th. And, that's and, then not he was in, and then he was in like the exhibition game almost, what, two days later, three days later? Correct, and we had played a closed door on his second day <laughs> that nobody saw, but yeah. he was in that one for 45 minutes also. And then I think almost 70 minutes, or sorry, another 45 in the second half at Chicago, uh, the game in, in at Purdue, Purdue against Chicago Fire, and then used him again against IU, and then obviously on the opener yeah. over the weekend. So uh, that one's a big piece, trying to, to fit him in and get the group to fit around him. And, uh, and using A.J. Corrado as a starting player, which is another late signing in the process. Uh, he had been in MLS preseason camp, so it wasn't as if he was unfit, uh, but a matter of getting connected with the rest of the group and maximizing every player's ability. Because in the end, tactics can, can be called multiple numbers, but what everyone's trying to do is maximize their players and their abilities. So um, and we're, we're doing the best we can, working around it. There'll, there'll be adjustments. There'll be developments. Uh, if you... If you give it uh, two to four games, it's going to get really close to being at its peak sure. and then hopefully sustain it over the course of the mm -hmm. rest of the season. And, and based off of um, performance from Saturday, I obviously don't want you to get in trouble in terms of playing favorites or anything like that, but who are you most impressed with um, based off the performance from Saturday that you put in there and you were, and you were either hoping that they would perform well or you knew that they were going to perform well and perform as expected uh, and why? I mean, why, what, what brought those decisions that, that came to mind? Well, the East Stand and the West Stand were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's a little Twitter battle going on between those two right now about uh, yeah. I heard, which I heard. section can be louder or more supportive. But, no, it – Pretty sure the BYB section is probably going to be Yeah, they, they were time. pretty good. But <laughs> the East section's good, too, so we'll yeah. give them their props, too. Yes, they were yes. there and Everybody in force. was good. Every I, I even walked around through the main, the main stands, and it got pretty loud to the point there, too, where it was just – I, I kind of had to step back, and that's why I wanted to walk around just to kind of experience everything. Obviously, I was in the madness, right? But I wanted to take a moment and walk around a little bit and just to kind of see, okay, this is it. And there was times I had the the type of the type of uh, experience um, during the uh, IU game, even though it was very extremely cold. <laughs> and I was enjoying myself, but still, when when the when the ball went up over the skyline. It was just that moment where you're like, "What? Wow, it's really here," and especially on Saturday when it was uh, full of people and screaming, and you know, after Amber's goal and everything like that. It just it, that was that moment where you're like, "Okay, this is really here and it's really happening right now." So, but players-wise, I don't know if you can talk about it, and I'll come back to it unless you're trying to deflect. <laughs> no. Who who was who impressed you the most? We can chip away at that a little bit. We, you know, it's still like Tim said, it's early right. work. Yeah, of course. We're four games away from really kind of firing on all cylinders and kind of getting the team where we want from a fitness standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint, from just a general football understanding of how people move, how they play the game, and how we can balance and counterbalance each other. You know, for me a little bit, I think earlier on, we, you know, first 10 minutes we tried to, the game was a little hectic, we tried to settle it down. <laughs> I thought Eric Norales stepped up and did some nice things in the first 10 minutes, really kind of bailed us out of some awkward situations. and kind of was a little bit of a, a physical presence back there, which we kind of needed to settle the group down. You know, Christian Nick made some key saves at moments that you'd expect a goalkeeper of his quality yeah, to make. That one-on-one -on -one save, that was that, that kick save was pretty pretty fantastic. Right, it was pretty good. He stood his ground and kind of held his space very well, made the save. Uh, even though he wasn't called upon a whole lot, you know, for the rest of the night, so little things like that helped. 
For me, you look at a Mike Amersley, obviously scored the goal, but he also did a lot of running and closing down of passing lanes defensively. He put a lot of work in and uh, spent a lot of his energy and calories just kind of moving around to help the team defensively. So he kind of stood out for me a little bit on the night with the effort that he put in. When you look at some of the younger players like uh, Jaime Frias, I thought he did well defensively, positioning himself, clearing some balls, especially some balls out of the air. He's a very skillful player as well on the ball. Thought he had some nice touches on the night. Walter Ramirez wasn't too bad. He really kind of got himself a little bit higher up the field, which we were hoping for, really running at people at times. And, uh, you know, created a little bit of a problem on, for Jordan Burt there on the left-hand side. So we we're, we're glad to see that. Um, and so, you know, those are just kind of a few of the names that kind of popped and out. That, and that was one of the things, too, is, is defensively. You guys, I mean, the team looked The team looked really good defensively. There was a lot of times where there, you could have been caught out of position, and a lot of guys were, were, were either backing up other people or, or really closing down defensively pretty quickly, which is like you said, Christian didn't have to be called on too much because a lot of the defensive play was blocking it down and, and cutting off lanes even before the play even happened. Was that a, a, a priority for you guys going into the game, or was it just something that naturally happened based off of how you know the Railhawks were, were really pressing a little bit harder than maybe you thought they were going to? I think it's something you actually see daily in training, that kind of uh, last-ditch recovery to help your teammate make a play. Because breakdowns will happen mm -hmm. in, in every game in the world from – Saturday morning in the Premiership all the way through Sunday night in La Liga, there's, uh, there's just mistakes and how guys cover for each other really is something that's, that's a weekly occurrence in training and making sure that they know each other's strengths and weaknesses because most of the guys get to know each other really well and so you anticipate certain breakdowns <laughs> and right. you see Brad Rings and Jaime Frias and Eric Norales as set the three central core guys that usually play that role just based on their actual positional status on the field. Uh, but Kyle does it, and Chris does it in the back line too, kind of sweeping across and and helping, the, making sure Christian doesn't have too much to do, as you said. Sure. And in, in terms of any kind of uh, teams that you're either looking forward to playing already through the season, like when you saw the schedule and you were like, I'm ready for this game or I'm ready for that game, who are the teams that you're really looking forward to playing? Um, and maybe even who are the teams that you're not looking forward to playing? I mean, that could be a, a two-sided question. That it's just like these guys are, you know, these guys are scary and they're going to push us, which could be a good thing. But it's still, you, you look at those teams and you're like, oh man, this is this is really going to be a good challenge for us. Yeah, I think for me, I look across the league and honestly, I'm just looking at the next game because uh, every game is a great experience for our club, for the players. They're looking forward to each and every match. Uh, we have work to do. We got results to get, and uh, each team's a new experience for us. Our first team, uh, first year in the league, and uh, you know the players have a lot to learn about their opponents, as we do too, as coaches and the way the league operates. So I think every time, for us, it's the first year in the league. We know we've got a couple years here to build a squad and grow and get better. But it seems like every game that we we approach as our next game is the most exciting game for us. There really isn't a team that we look down there maybe say the Cosmos because they won the league last year and they're you know they're the little bit of the celebrity team in the <laughs> league so we know that 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 game's coming later in the you know in their late spring session but for us or for me anyway I, I kind of look at every game the next game is just a great opportunity to get out there and play I know our guys want to play games now right so we we approach each uh, week here to prepare the guys to play not only tactically but physically just to make sure we're doing the right things not underworking or overworking and 
getting them ready to play the next game. And these guys are fired up to play. They want to play the game. So, you know, for me, it's just whoever our next opponent is, we want to be as good as we can be. Sure. I mean, and, and, and that makes sense. I mean, you've you got to make sure that you're playing for the game that's coming up next. And what, what kind of things are you looking forward to this Saturday um, against uh, – I don't know why it just spaced me. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa. Yes, it's been a long day. <laughs> but yeah, what are, you, what are you guys looking forward to in terms of planning against uh, Tampa Bay? Um, you know, uh, they drew I think last Saturday. Um, they've been around for a little bit, uh, for a little bit. What kind of things are you using to to kind of gauge on what what they're going to bring to the table on Saturday? Not to, of course, give away the farm in case they're listening and being like, oh, coach is on. Listen to some strategy here. Uh, yeah, they can <laughs> listen. They, they know what they do. Uh, and I think that will be a big difference. You're, sure. you're not going to see the same style that the Railhawks played. You're going to see a slightly different tactical alignment. You're going to see a team that is more direct and more at the ball to get, get the ball up the field quickly. And it, so it'll be a direct style that our players are going to have to handle a, a little bit of different environment in that way. And uh, the elements always play a role in central Indiana. So uh, the wind on Saturday was, was a factor. It died as the game went on. But I think for the first 45 minutes, it was a definite factor. And you know, hopefully it's a little bit lighter this week. But that could have a big impact on a direct team. Yeah, it's supposed to be like 66, I think, on Saturday. Perfect. <laughs> You're like, sweet. Well, if it's anything like we had a practice this morning, we had a little bit of sunshine. We had <laughs> some snow, some wind, some snow, some more sunshine, right. gale force winds again, <laughs> some rain. It got pretty interesting. So we, uh, like Tim said, the uh, the conditions will dictate a little bit. But they're a little bit bigger, more physical team, play a little bit more direct, try to get at you early, get in behind you with long-flighted balls. So Sure. You know, Carolina's more of a get the ball on the ground and play and, and technically very sound team. So we'll just see a little bit different of a of a formation and a style of play coming in Saturday. And just we'll use the rest of this week to prepare these guys to handle some of those challenges when they come. In terms of the just basically the um, response that you guys have getting. Yes, we know. John Kluter, of course. Sitting down. Of course. Say hi. Hello. Of course. Hello. <laughs> Topeka, Kansas. Hello. <laughs> oh, so are we going to do that now? You're, yes. you're going to be my Larry King? Nothing but Larry King impersonations <laughs> from there on out. And, of course, Gijo is here as well. He's going to sit down here in a second because, uh, you know, you guys are, are, are on limited schedule, of course. But um, in terms of just the coverage that you've gotten based off of this, the town, and we, we talked about it the last time that you were with us, um, just, I mean, you, you were the new guy back then. Right. You were, I mean, you were brand new, just just in here doing your thing, and now you've had almost an entire year to really soak it in and, and get that experience and get, you know, guys like John really having the PR machine moving at, at a, a, a pace that I would never have imagined that would be at because they've done a fantastic job listening to fans and things like that. But in terms of just you being the coach, being the assistant coach, and having that experience there for you what kind of things have, have surprised you the most based off the response from the city and media as a whole and you've played i mean you've Tackle obviously played in a couple of mls teams that have been pretty popular as well that have maybe a better supporting uh media presence than indianapolis yeah i'd actually argue that i mean they, i guess they have a a larger base maybe a couple of newspapers and uh, a little bit more media print but uh, I would say that the attention given to this team is, is as strong as many MLS teams. 
and and not only that but it's supportive and i think it's looking realistically at the future in in a positive way of looking how it's going to continue to grow and that the future is very bright you don't get that vibe a lot of times in mls cities <laughs> and i don't want to name them out in particular because <laughs> i don't want to be rude but uh, yeah but you're not there anymore so it's okay we might see them in u.s open cup though we yeah but be if, if they're here it doesn't matter <laughs> give them the fire right <laughs> uh, but the Every, every city is a little bit different in how they embrace the game. And you've seen the Kansas cities, the Portlands, the Seattles of the world grow massively. And uh, you know, in our world, in NASL, we hope to be like that in, in pushing it to high levels of, of not only soccer play, but as everything you've mentioned, media and fan support is just fantastic. Well, and even the uh, just the attendance. Attendance comparatively to just the opening days everywhere else, we were, I think, 4,000. 4,000 4, more people than the next lowest, which was like I think the average about 7,000, mm-hmm. 7 or 8,000. Right. Even the Cosmos didn't pull as much as we did. Right. On, and obviously it's the inaugural game, but you still have that, you still have that feel that, you know, it's it's like you said, it's it's about the future. And of course these guys are going to talk about that. Gijo and, and John are here. We can put on some headphones if you'd like to. <laughs> You know, what, it, what struck me during the uh, the opening game was, you know, we talk about season ticket holders and and fans and group sales and, you know, people just coming out to the game from where Tim and I sat. Well, obviously, we got a front row seat to the game and get to take in the atmosphere and hear it from all sides. Really felt like it was a stadium full of supporters, not just people that bought tickets. Like, people really wanted to be there, have the experience, and support the team. So... Uh, and that was very clear from the BYB and what they created there on their feet, the noise they made the entire game. It didn't feel like there was just fans there for an event. It felt like it really felt to us like we really have a following and a real supporters group out there that the just passion had, was there. It wasn't yeah, just really there. created a unique environment. And uh, uh, so that, that was a bit special. The players definitely picked up on that. I know we did as well. Just to know that we have a true following here for the team, people that really support the team. It isn't just somebody buying a ticket, coming to the game, and sitting on their hands. Uh, we really had people kind of on their feet and uh, made a big difference. One of the questions that uh, somebody online had uh, using hashtag BYBcast, uh, for those of you wanting to ask any kind of questions to coaches or uh, Gijo and John, because you guys are joining us now as well, say, say hello. Gijo, hi. Tell How's everybody do. doing out there? I'm the uh, community relations director for Indy 11. All right, John. Greetings. <laughs> I'm uh, John Cluter, the <laughs> PR director. All right, cool. And one of the questions that actually uh, came out was about Ben Spencer. And uh, the question was, uh, the thoughts on his performance currently with the, the U-20 men's national team and his future with the team. Uh, I believe he's supposed to start... He's supposed to join back up in two weeks, I believe, is what I heard last. But I don't know. I mean, I'm asking you guys, what's what's his future future of the team? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> future on the team, uh, like um, future roles, and what you guys are thinking about his performance so far. Uh, he returns right after Easter because the Dallas Cup finishes on Easter Sunday of next week. So uh, when he returns, we'll, we'll introduce him back into training and see how he looks at our level. He's done very well down there. They, they played uh, back-to-back games Sunday and Monday. He started and went the distance on Sunday, had two goals, including a game winner. And so he did not play on Monday as they introduced almost in a completely new squad for that game. And they played tomorrow against Tigres, the final group play before they go hopefully to the semifinal. So um, we'll look and see how he feels when he arrives because he could be under a little bit of fatigue. 
potentially playing three matches over the course of a week is a bit demanding, uh, even four matches if they make it all the way to the final. We'll wait for that, but we're, we're hoping he continues that type <laughs> of uh, yeah. streak right, that he started right. down there. Keep the hot foot going. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, but one of the big draws for Ben coming back to the States was uh, to be with an organization like ours, an up-and-coming team, opportunity to play on the field, develop his relationship or continue his relationship with U.S. soccer and especially the U-20 national team as they build for a World Cup next summer. Uh, so we're you know, feeling like we're playing a big role in his future development as an international player. I don't know all that many NASL teams that have current members uh, on any of the U.S. men's right. national teams. Right. So. Uh, this is just part and parcel being a professional soccer club. We've got <laughs> players that play for the national team, and they get called up for international duty, which is great for our club. It's great for the player. And, uh, you know, we'll fold Ben back into the team when he gets back. Uh, you know, we wish him the best while he's there. It's great for us and a uh, great experience for him as a young pro to be playing against teams like uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, and uh, which he, well, he sat out that game, but River played and scoring two goals. I mean, those, sure. those are meaningful games that will translate – uh, on the field for us too when he's back so uh, it's great you know we're happy for him and we have a long season and he's going to be a big part of uh, you know what we do when he gets back see now my understanding was he was to score no goals while down there be impressive but score no goals <laughs> so we can get him back early so I'm figuring he's already in your guys's doghouse but that, that's that maybe may have been rumor I don't know and, and uh, another question, kind of, it's almost like a two-parter. We obviously talked about the the response from Indianapolis on having the team here, and obviously you guys hear a lot about it, just being out there with the people, the people all the time. Um, but in terms of what kind of buzz are you hearing across the entire soccer community, um, across NASL, like other teams and other media outlets talking about? Indianapolis as a soccer team or even other professional teams here for the team and this could be more of a question for you as well and you know what do you what other cities do you think would benefit from having to expansion wise from NASL based off of, of your travels and things like that that's a big multi-part question yes. there yes. Sorry. I'll let Sorry. John tackle the first part about yeah, the yeah, NASL and yeah I think um, a lot of teams were you know impressed with the build-up but but kind of wanted to see what what the payoff was going to look like um and coming out of the gate 11,000 strong sellout and not not just the the fact that it was sold out the the way it looked I mean the, yeah. the way it came across yeah. I, I just watched the broadcast last night for the first time which they did a good job they did an incredible job Rick Strong I mean, Howder did a very I, good job I watched MLS broadcasts non-stop for 10 years that looked like a, an MLS level I mean professional grade a broadcast i mean from the the announcers to the the production to the graphics i mean it, it just it looked top notch and i think that impression is going to be the first for a lot of people because they've seen the build-up they've seen the news they've seen the the seven thousand season tickets out but saturday was the first chance they really had to see if, if what we were doing was was what we were saying and i think <laughs> it, it it came off with with a plum i sure. mean it, it couldn't have gone or looked or or been any better so i think a lot of the feedback's going to come back you know in in the coming weeks you know proof's going to be in the pudding you know can can you do it again on saturday and can you do it again down the road but i think with the job that jurgen and tim have done to build the roster with with you know like like they said not every nasl team has a national team guy let alone youth national team guys yeah. that can step in and contribute 
uh, you know, international guys like Eric Norales and, and and Walter Ramirez, guys who are proven veterans. I mean, that that's been a, a great job, and and but still part of the buildup. Now that we're on the field and, and getting it done, I think, I think the impression's only going to get better. Hey, when we talked last too, when you were back when you were on the show back last year, you talked about the the buzz that you were getting uh, from players across the world that were asking, hey, can I, can I come try out? Can I find out more about the team? Has that type of thing still increased after the buzz has, has gotten so big that you've been getting those inquiries from other players across the world um, wanting to know more about how I can get here? I think so. It's, it, it's still there, and right. players of all uh, from all different kind of reaches of the gr of the globe are still reaching out to us a lot of the uh, international players from Europe from Brazil Africa especially now that we have a little bit more of an international flavor to our team we have Central American players we have Brazilian players uh, Ben Spencer in Norway Corby Moore out of the UK uh, we're starting to get more interest now as those names are starting to kind of get a little bit more active on uh, social media and on the internet wire um, folks see that we have moved into those arenas we have those types of players on our team so we continue to get that amount of interest probably tenfold now as you know as the club's kind of getting built and especially with the uh, the opening of the first game of the season and the support which was fantastic like John said it was uh, you know I think we met and exceeded expectations of the league and our fans and even the the visiting team really commented on how special the night was and just it's just a great celebration for soccer on the night especially here in the state of Indiana that historically has had great college programs, which is which have been the highest level of uh, play in Indiana for a long time. Uh, so it was great to see that on the night. And uh, I know Tim's getting a lot of interest and uh, from other players in U.S. soccer and the national teams. And it's great having a guy like Ben Spencer out there because when the next U-20 national team players may be looking for a place to go and develop and grow and get good coaching and good environment and play real games, you know, hopefully we'll be uh, top of mind for those types of players. You got to throw that good coaching in there. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and how how do you how important do you think the international break is going to be to to really um, improve the, the the team chemistry and, and have that that long span in between the spring season and the fall season to to really focus and hone in on 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 chemistry wise. I, I know you obviously stated that it's going to take you know, four to five games this part of the season but what kind of steps are you guys going to take during that during the world cup break to really focus on that chemistry between players i think one of the initial items we can do during that period is actually physical and how you can adjust and improve where players sit in that manner uh, but of course on the soccer side uh, you can work specifically on on combinations of players and and how to improve the way they work together and do it in a different way because when you have to prepare for a game on Saturday, it, it limits your ability to, to train hard. You really have to kind of let off the gas a little <laughs> bit in the middle of the week because right. you have to do it again on Saturday night. And there we'll have a good probably two to half to three week window where we can really up the intensity. Just ride them hard. Uh, essentially. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but then they need it. And yeah. uh, we'll be able to now, after nine games, have specific issues that we can really focus on and prepare for the next set of games through the fall. Um, one of the another question that I was actually thinking about asking, but I don't know if anybody wanted to know about it, or if you guys even know about it, um, uh, using hashtag #BYBcast. So uh, Daniel Eccles, 
I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, if you guys know that name. Um, he asked, why was the Railhawks assistant coach dismissed at the half? Does anyone know? I have a very good idea, but I'm not allowed to <laughs> use the language. Um, now, this, is, this is a PG-13 show, this isn't is it, Andy? Uh, it's only sponsored by uh, Chatham Taps, and I think – I don't know if you've been spent any time at Chatham Tap, but especially on uh, BPL games and La Liga games, there's a lot of um, – not PG thirteen language that gets I, thrown about here. I, I think we'll we'll call it dissent and leave it okay. at that. Right. Uh, although having the official game report read during the staff meeting this morning was quite entertaining. <laughs> uh, I'll just leave it at that. Oh, did it actually have the the? Um, it had a quote. Oh, okay. uh, from the assistant coach. So, and we won't go into details. Okay. But um, we'll say it was a like your shirt, a very good use of a four letter word, and maybe <laughs> used. A, in a, a variety of ways. In one yes. Very, very Bob Knight-like, it was which like the people w- of Indiana can appreciate. <laughs> it was like the George Carlin speech, right? Yes. The, the many uses yes, of the word. exactly. Okay, cool. Fair enough. I don't really know what he has, what he had to complain about unless he's just very passionate. And I don't know if you guys watched the broadcast, but they took a second to talk to the Railhawks head coach. Oh, which, yeah. Which he was apparently was not really too much of a fan of dropping an interview walking into the half down 1-0. Having uh, been the one uh, telling him pregame that he had to do the interview uh, was was pure joy. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, uh, It it is what it is. Thankfully, uh, Juergen acquiesces to my every uh, need and demand, so uh, I I have a much more pleasant experience here. Is that going to be a regular thing for opposing coaches? It, it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's it's a uh, guideline for NASL. It's part of their broadcast standards okay. to have halftime and full-time interviews with both coaches. Okay. So I think it's a nice touch having worked in uh, soccer for more than a decade. I know not every coach is uh, really thrilled to do it, but um, uh, in my opinion, I think it adds to the broadcast when done properly. So we're going to try to do it properly. and. Keep Jurgen's time short and sweet in front of the uh, the camera, and let him get into halftime, and we'll we'll abuse him a little more uh, post game. But uh, right, it's a uh, it, it's a delicate balance, but uh, it's a tightrope we have to walk. Just messing with the. Uh, do you guys have any questions for them that you haven't asked them on a public forum? I know that you guys talk on a regular basis, but that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. What kind of questions do you guys have I mean, for them? We always ask them to each other behind their backs. We don't have the, the guts to, to say it in front of their face. But Well, we're here right now. Let's see. What's Tim, going. where were you on the night of April 12th, 2006? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and what's, what's one of the things that um, has really impressed, like, ha- since they're sitting in front of you, obviously, you uh, you know, you guys can talk about how what's impressed uh, – them about you what has impressed the, the front office what has impressed you about the front office staff in terms of getting it all this i mean i don't know if you saw them at the inaugural ball but they were drained i could i could barely talk to this guy this guy was just like i'm ready to just party tonight because i can't do this anymore and you i mean you guys work long hours you've done i mean the passion for the sport especially that you guys have um is immeasurable and to have uh, this come off almost without a hitch, per se. I mean, having that, meant, I'm sure there was tons of hitches. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being jaded here or, or anything like that. But to have it come off with, without a hitch, is something that's that's thoroughly impressive. And what has impressed you guys the most about? And this is your chance to talk to them about what what has impressed you the most about the front office staff um, so far up until now. 
And what can they work on? What do you hate the most about John yeah. Taylor? <laughs> yeah. There's a couple hundred bucks in this deal. It could get real interesting. No, I think for, uh, you know, for me, and I'll let Tim speak for himself, it's really the amount of ground covered by these guys, both physically and around the city of Indianapolis and some of the uh, uh, suburban markets and around the city as well. So it's uh, boots on the ground stuff. I know Guizhou has done a lot with corporate sponsors and community relations pieces and youth clubs and clinics. And uh, John on the media side, both on print media, social media, over the airwaves, really have covered miles and miles of ground. And uh, I think the entire club and the players especially benefited the most on opening day when they got to see it all come to fruition. And and uh, our supporters get really excited about opening day and seeing these guys play the game. So uh, hats off to them with a small group. Uh, we've heard it again and again uh, as coaches that you know we're everywhere in, in uh, central Indiana kind of promoting the team and being accessible and being at events. And whether it's our staff or our players or our front office staff, they really covered a lot of ground with a small army of people. So hats off to them. They're, kind of rubber did hit the road and these guys <laughs> really covered a lot of ground put a lot of miles down that you know benefited us because now as we play teams and we bring teams into our home stadium to play games and they experience that environment that is Indy 11 I think it's gonna make it a lot easier for us at the end of the season if there's gonna be a lot more players wanting to come here and the and uh you know the choice that we'll have as coaches for uh you know improvements to the team will be easier to have based on what they've created for us every week to play in. Sure. And anything else that just – I know that you guys have a time crunch, but anything else that you'd like to say um, to the fans and to the people listening that, that you know, you want to take away from or, or that you've been impressed with or that you're wanting them to just – in terms of expectations of the team going forward that you would like to keep seeing more of? I mean, the obvious, of course, but I mean, what kind of things do you really want to see – going forward um, in terms of just fan interaction based off of for us, for the team, and for you guys? Well, I would definitely say one compliment to, to everybody, uh, 11,000 strong on Saturday night was, and not only being there, and Jurgen mentioned it early, but earlier, not only being there in the stands, but following the game and understanding the game. It wasn't a crowd that was just there to be a part of an event. It was a crowd that wanted to watch a soccer game and that wanted to, to cheer in the right moments and uh, didn't get tricked by an offsides where the guy almost scored on their team. It was just silent because everyone was paying attention. And uh, you don't get that in a lot of places in America uh, where an entire crowd knows exactly what's going on. And so that's fantastic. And it's uh, their, their energy will continue to push us to, to greater heights on the field as each player will try to match what they do and, and bring their full effort for 90 minutes. And you just can't thank them enough for that type of effort. But yourself. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, I think there was a couple times when the referee made some, uh, you know, there were some 50-50 plays there where our guys were just being aggressive and physical. And, you know, maybe in the EPL or Europe, that would have just been waved on as just kind of natural play. And it, I think that's going to be an adjustment for us as well to get used to the referees and what they see as uh, – uh, an infringement, but <laughs> it was great to see our players be aggressive and be uh, be physical, and uh, the fans actually booed the referee at times where it was like, are you serious? Did you really call that? It? You know, it's a shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. That's a fair challenge in a real soccer game, so 
Uh, you, you had 2,000 unbiased officials sitting behind yeah. uh, on the BYB stands. But they were definitely letting their voice be heard. The BYB and our supporters, <laughs> they were tuned in. You know, they were they knew what a real game looked like, and they were really getting behind the players. And uh, and we said it before, that's just going to help us continue to motivate the group and uh, create a great uh, training week for us as we get to the weekend because they know what's in store. I mean, it's a great environment to be in that uh, situation as a player to have that kind of support behind you. Uh, and we just couldn't thank the supporters enough and Guijo and John for kind of putting in a hard year worth of work to kind of get it to where it is today. And we just know it's going to get better from here. And one of the big things, too, that uh, you were actually a part of with, at the beginning of the pregame part of the broadcast is educating the non-soccer fan about the game and about and you, you actually had a lot of tweets that you saw about people that do, really don't know about the game of soccer don't know the rules especially the offsides everybody's like oh offside what's all that about um have have you seen that um grow in terms of non-soccer fans coming up to you guys to you guys or to you as well just saying I wasn't a soccer fan until I went to a game or until I you know, heard about you guys, and now I'm, I'm ready to watch or ready to learn. Well, I just want to point out that uh, Jurgen's tan in that interview was a lot better <laughs> than when he got interviewed last summer during the tryouts. So I don't know how you do it. <laughs> what about my tan? No, you look the same. <laughs> yeah, no, you look the same. <laughs> it's my wife's oil, oil of the leg. <laughs> you moisturize. It's a lot of moisturizing. No, but what I saw uh, kind of after the game and some feedback here the last couple of days, like, uh, you know, season ticket holders, fans are really kind of into the players that we have, like uh, a Brad Ring or an Eric Norales, even position-specific players that really followed them and were well in tune with how good they were at their position. It wasn't just a naive fan that came up and said, oh, who scored the goal or what was the score of the game? They were really talking about individual players and their contribution to the game. So that was kind of fun to see. You know, we had, uh, you know, for me anyway, a lot of feedback on certain players, you know, whether it was a Cleverson, Eric Norales, a Walter Ramirez, a Brad Ring. You know, Mike Amersley, you know, talking about specific things they did in the game that they were impressed with. So uh, going back to Tim's point, I think we got a pretty educated group at the game, and that's a lot of fun because they were really cheering during the game at the right moments when good things were being done on the field. It wasn't necessarily a shot on goal or a goal. Uh, they were really getting behind the team when we were making good plays. Good tackles, good build-up, everything. Everything was in sync, and the, the crowd reaction was right on point. And I know a lot of the, the Twitter handle it's, it always seemed to really retweet a lot of stuff about, like, I wasn't a fan until I saw the game on Saturday. Right. And it's, you know, we're talking about the rabid, knowledgeable fans, uh, and there is room for the novice, the, the curious onlooker as well. And it's while it's on us to educate, I think part of the great part of, of what we're building is a real sense of community you know, we want the fans to, to educate each other as well. If there's someone, you know, if my mom is sitting in uh, Section 107 and she doesn't know what's going on, you know, I expect someone next to her to say, hey, no, that was an offside, or no, that, that was a bad challenge. They came in from, from the front and, and not side, shoulder to shoulder or anything. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's that type of community. I, think. I mean, that's, it's just a very Indiana kind of thing where – you know, people are going to help each other out and help them understand what's going on. I, I think that's kind of a, a special part of, of what we have. It's because it's it's been built from the ground up by the fans, and so 
you know, because we know that we, we can't do everything, and we're counting on our fans to help us out and educate not only about our players and what we're doing in the community, but also just about the, the sport itself. So, you know, I, I think that's going to carry over into helping the novice fan or the uneducated fan who wants to learn more. You know, just being at a game, you know, learning from each other. I think that's going to be a, a, a brilliant part of the experience. And you would forward. even – I know that I even heard it in the, in the Brickyard Battalion section where you had somebody that brought someone else that had no idea about mm-hmm. soccer, but they just wanted to be a part of, of yep. that. I, I had a, I took a call at about 4 o'clock today from a guy I got single-game tickets for last week and called today saying I need to be a part of this. I need to be part of the BYB for the full season and got two season tickets like that's being repeated over and over <laughs> in our office the last 48 hours and that's by far the most encouraging sign that that you know Saturday was pulled off proper and and that there's a, a ton of promise moving forward and what are you looking at in terms of, of attendance wise for this coming Saturday we're trend- early estimates early estimates uh, I, we've had a very good last two days I think we're trending sellout and it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of work, but I, I think um, you know, I think we're up for it. I think it's it's entirely possible. Now, with a caveat that sellout is actually 10,285 is our official capacity. We did open up some of the wider sections that we didn't think would be great seats during the season, but after the build-out of the east and west stands, found that they'd be adequate, um, but not something we want to do all you know for, for every game. For some high-demand games, I think that they might be back open for – for possible sale, we'll kind of gauge it and play it by ear as, as you know, specific games come along. But um, I, I would anticipate being very close or at that uh, 10 mark. Nice. Did, did you say the BYB just got over 3,000? Is that right? Uh, on, uh, on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, yeah. yeah. Oh. I got just over 3,000 on Twitter. And 3, that, what, that, those seats hold about 2,000 people? Yep, right around 2,000. Yeah, you, give it or sounded take. like 2,000 people. <laughs> it, it sounded like a hell of a lot more yeah, than 2,000 yeah. people. Uh, that was another well, – f- okay, final question for real for you guys. <laughs> um, is there any kind of – and I know it's logistically it's going to be hard, but is there any plans of, ha- uh, of trying to visit tailgating people <laughs> before the game, of like coming out and, and, and greeting people and, you know, just kind of – yeah, I know. I understand that's a little logistically interesting, but one of the like, but that's one of the things though too is that uh, you know Chris, of course, uh, you guys, uh, Chris is ill, so he had to leave. Uh, a I was wondering early. where he was yes, at. Yes, he had to leave. Um, but one of the things that he said was, "This is how you like the Pacers and the Colts need to take note. This is how you connect with fans. This is how you get people to really want to be." at a game whether it's the tailgating or whether it's just the experience that you guys give back to the fans and uh you know is there any what kind of things do you have planned on in terms of the give back for fans in terms of connections and then predictions for saturday and then who's well, going to win the champions league i would say Guijo's done a tremendous amount of work just to create i mean and peter as well just a whole fan experience at the stadium and it's not just the game it's like you mentioned it's the tailgating and the pregame, the build-up uh, it's you know. everything we do. I mean, Peter set the tone by the organizational chart starts with the fans, then it's Ursaw, and it goes all the way down. Everything we do is about we're not pushing anything on you. We're asking you right. to collaborate with us. That's, right. that's our approach to everything, and I think that empowers people. It has people buy into what we're doing. It gives them a sense of ownership, and that's all we're asking for. We're a very small staff in the front office. 
and we need every you know everyone's help to get this thing going and we, we realize the enormity of it and we want to do it right and that's how we've approached everything yeah, you look at the uh, you know some of the corporate sponsors that we have a lot of them are local whether it's the brewers and they're available kind of doing the tailgating piece food trucks the different options in the stadium for concessions and merchandise and uh, it's not just the uh, you know the 90 minutes of the game. It's you know it's hours and hours before the game, and then we found after the first game, people were really sticking around. You know, it's was hard to turn the lights out because people didn't want to leave the stadium, and uh, so that was great to see. We had a lot of great support, and and uh, you know I think the tailgating piece is great for uh, you know our supporters and uh, the BYB folks, as they really did come out in force and. They kind of make a night of it so we anticipate seeing more of that going forward especially as we get into the summer months where it's be a lot more enjoyable to be outside good weather and uh you know we noticed at coming into the ground even we came in early and came out early to warm up some of the guys that we knew wouldn't be involved in the game and you could kind of feel the buzz in the parking lots all around uh carroll stadium so we we hope that continues throughout the rest of summer so before we started i i, I asked you to come up with a question to ask the listeners uh, because we're giving away tickets. We got two tickets for Saturday that we're giving away and you can answer with hashtag BYBcast. So I want you guys to come up with a question oh, and, and you guys can converse uh, with with yourselves. I got an idea. I'm just going to run with it. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. Who do, the, it who, do it. Who is the 11th player signed by the club? Oh. Alright, so who is the 11th player signed by the club? Use hashtag BYBcast. I should know this. To an- do you not know this? Know I've got to do some math. I should know this. Let's see, you got one plus two plus four. Carry the one. Uh, subtract. Divided he by. That was a good selfie. <laughs> Ooh, that doesn't really narrow it down that much with our Peter, guys. Oh, Tim, you wait, Peter this. Wilt was the 11th guy that was signed to the club? <laughs> yeah. Put Peter to shame. Yeah. Oh, does he put Peter to shame? All right. So yes, using hashtag BYBcast, um, f- two tickets to the game on Saturday. Who was the eleventh player signed yeah, the, to the club? To the that right? 11? That's right. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like how you you are that. correct, sir. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah, let's make sure that we're uh, we're we're using hashtag BYBcast while we're waiting for that. Um, you guys have anything else before you got to go? I know that you guys have, were on a time. At least John said you're on a time crunch. You can stay as long as you'd like to. But uh, John said that you're on a time I'm gonna crunch. I'm going to get reprimanded for this over. <laughs> I know it. I feel it. Listen, he's kept to one beer. The last time he was on the show with us, we broke his two-beer Be careful. Rule. Be careful. <laughs> and so we've kept him. He's kept himself to one beer. No, we're, uh, we're just excited, like we said, for the next game. And, we're lucky to have that at home and have our supporters come out and uh, see us again. I know there's a lot of folks away on spring break. Uh, we've got a lot of families back in town now that are season ticket holders and really want to come out and see us perform again. So I know Tim and I are excited about kicking it off again. The players are extremely excited to have two of the first uh, games of the season at home, which is kind of a unique stretch. So we're looking forward to the game and the continued support from what we saw from last weekend. Uh, players are itching to get back out there, and uh, we noticed that early in training, which you could say maybe would be a little bit lighter in the front end of the week, but guys came out to train today. We had wind and snow and everything else today, and, and they still journeyed through it, and uh, the training session got better and better as we got towards the end. So, no, just looking forward to another great game at home and, uh, you know, 
getting to see that BYB experience again and having our supporters turn out. What about you? No, I think Jurgen said it all there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the interview you're, should go. You're like the color guy for Major League, Tim. <laughs> Perfect, right? Right, you Boy, are. He's the best in the business. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's awesome, um, John. One of the one of the questions that actually came to you from Twitter. Oh Lord, who from who? From Justin. Okay. From the BYB. What exactly is John Cluter going to have for dinner tonight? Pardon? What is John Cluter going to have for dinner tonight? Uh, hey. If you didn't just hear me mumble uh, outside <laughs> of the microphone, that's going to be six uh, mild chicken wings, the best chicken wings in the city, right here at Chatham Tap. <laughs> Maybe dabble with some onion rings. I don't know. We're going to play it by ear. <laughs> Who knows, right? We actually have a winner, finally. Oh. Uh, John Thomas Lord, at Lord. What is his Twitter name? Like the singer, Lord? Oh. Or is that Lord? Uh, L-O-R-D. L-O-R-D. Yes. Right. And his, t- his Twitter handle is Lord Twerk. <laughs> but he gets, okay. He gets, that means you're exempt. Sorry, <laughs> at Lord Twerk. <laughs> He actually yeah, guessed, we will not allow that. He guessed correctly on the 11th player signed, uh, which was Walter Ramirez. Ding, ding, uh, So ding. he won two free tickets to the game on Saturday. Um, uh, Lord Twerk, uh, I will get you the information on who to, who to email. You need to email Gabe at BrickyardBattalion.com to get your tickets um, so that you can go to the game on Saturday. Uh, which is going to be apparently almost sold out. Well done, Lord Twerk. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say, don't say it's almost sold out. we we got a little work to do. We expect him to sign up for the gold membership at BYB as well. There's tons of tickets left, so you guys can no, go there's, to... There's just enough tickets left for you, if you're obviously listening. Obviously, I don't do this PR thing very well. It's a, I'm a, a grizzled veteran, Andy. <laughs> what can I say? Anyway, I wanted to thank you guys for joining uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedules, of course, to come on, especially for you to come on back again. We had so much fun with you last time. And obviously Alex isn't here, so we did trade him for the bag of balls and two cones that you said that you, uh, we would trade for him last time. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Popper, I don't know if you listened last time, Alex Popper, actually, uh, we, we posed the question to, uh, to Coach, um, what would you think of someone who was born in the U.S., whose dad served in the military for the U.S.? but still roots for Brazil, regardless, even if Brazil and the U.S. were playing each other, he would root for, the, for, for Brazil. And we said, what would you do with some guy like that? And he said he would trade him for a uh, bag of balls and two cones. <laughs> <laughs> we probably would still take that deal right now. If we had a <laughs> you guys another, need cones. another bag of voids. We take that. <laughs> And, and, some, and some dirty pennies, apparently. Uh, yes. Popper uh, added that at the end, too, is making sure that he's got some dirty pennies on there. Uh, what has impressed you guys the most about the, the, the feedback from fans? I mean, you guys have that connection with, with uh, as, you, as John points to Gijo. Uh, what has impressed you the most about, um, you know, people coming up to you, like, you know, either thanking you or, or obviously giving you some advice on how to run it? because they think they can, they, they can do it better. Well, Peter covered this in a staff meeting today that everyone's been coming up to us and saying, you know, you guys did a great job, we had a great time, and then it's a very nice way of saying, but you can improve here, here, here. But it all comes from a very good place, and I guess that's that Hoosier hospitality. Everyone's been very, very patient with us, excited for us to be here. Everyone had a great time at the game. 
and I think they just want to see us succeed. So everyone's been really, really supportive in that way, and that's why we want to give the best experience that we can this coming game and improve on what we can from last one. So we have a lot of work to do, and we'll do it. We'll get it done. What kind of things do you guys have coming up? Like uh, community events and 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 things to 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 give back because I, I know that you guys did the big goals for Indy. Um, big goals for Indy initiative we had on March fifteenth. That's right. That we partnered with Gorilla. Mm -hmm. We were in hundred different locations around the city, uh, having these uh, small sided games with the goals and uh, the balls donated by Voigt and uh, T-shirts that we given out. We don't have any huge initiative like that coming up necessarily in the next two weeks. With this game coming up on Saturday, the team being away uh, for the next two weeks, we'll be doing a lot of festivals, um, supporting a lot of um, you know auctions and things like that. Sure. It's not until the summer when the World Cup kicks off where we'll be doing a lot of uh, World Cup viewing parties. Oh, that's cool. And doing a lot of engagement that way, um, supporting the World Cup while the team is on break. Speaking of tournaments, and I, and I kind of alluded to it, who do you guys think is going to win the Champions League this year? Joe. I'm a Real fan. <laughs> Tough draw. But I don't feel yeah. comfortable with the draw. Uh-huh. Right. You shouldn't. With that said, Bayern's lost two straight games. <laughs> they have nothing they've to been play. Playing, they right? don't have anybody to play for in the league. Right. And they, they, they already been, clinched the league. Yeah, they've been playing like reserves during the exactly. league. Exactly. So a lot of rust, though. <laughs> that's what I mean. There's a lot of rust. Uh-huh. Fresh on Wednesday. But Atletico Madrid is uh, a scary, scary team. Yeah. I mean, they knocked out Barca. We haven't beaten them this year. And then Mourinho, though, when it comes to yeah. knockout tournaments, he gets it done. Yeah, but everybody thinks that he's like the end-all, be-all. Well, he was our coach last year, and I don't, I don't feel that way. But <laughs> he knows, he knows how to get things done. So we'll see. What about you guys? I didn't really answer that question. Tough to call. <laughs> I, 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 you can't. You, gotta, you can't feel like you're, you don't want to root for your, your yeah, yeah. yeah. I get. I, I okay. couldn't vote against Bayern Munich. Just yeah. too hard. Yeah, they look pretty. They look pretty good. They're good. Coach? That would be my favorite. Yeah. Going back to my German roots. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, they have a lot German of talent. Name? They're just a well-balanced team <laughs> from front to back, left to right, and so many different threats, whether on the ground, in the air. They're always going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, having had the success that they've had as a team in the league, prior Champions League, and they have pretty much a good core group of players that have been there a while now. It's, you know, they got some seasoned veterans. They know how to win the big game. So, definitely in their favor but yourself to be honest i don't watch a lot of european <laughs> football i'm an american soccer snob oh, okay. but uh, i'll tell you who i want to win would be atletico because i'm an underdog type type of guy yeah. and i want to see gijo uh, suffer uh, oh a, a fair amount of misery <laughs> over the next month so how about world cup wise I mean, obviously, we talked so. about the World Cup. We talked about World Cup break, and you know, it's it's a, a little ways away. But who are your guys' favorites to 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 win to win? The U.S. Okay, I understand that, and obviously, we would all love that. And ESPN has a great commercial right now. I don't know if you've seen it about the uh, using the "I believe that we can win" chant. That was great. It gives me goosebumps great. watching. I don't know if you guys have seen it no, yet, but it's, it it's yet. really good. Um, but yeah, who do you think, <laughs> realistically, who do you think has the best chance of winning the World Cup this year? The U.S. has a horrible draw. No, there's a lot of tough draws. That even for the top teams, yeah, that's the true. draws could beat you up a little bit going over the course of the, what six games. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's but, tough. I'm going to reserve judgment a little bit <clears throat> until we get through the first round. You get, get to see some teams put their hair down a little bit. Sure. 
Uh, it's really hard to say until you get through, really through that first round. You can kind of see teams and assess their quality. And uh, as you get in the second round, then it's easier. It gets into focus a little bit easier at that point. It's, you know, knowing the groupings, especially our group, a lot of it will determine on the, you know, the first two games really to kind of set you up kind of getting through into the second round so maybe an easier what, question of well, well what i think a lot of people are forgetting is it's the group of death we're in partially because we're in it that's true and people, i was just gonna say i mean what are the ch what, what are it's, chances of getting through the, the group i i don't see why people are dooming our chances all that much i mean Hey, I'm just the host of this thing. I, I'm just I, trying I know to in, in spark the, some conversation. I know in the, the order of sexy football, we might be on the bottom of the totem pole in our group, but I, agree I mean, with we, you. we, I mean, it's the group of death for a reason. We're a part of that, and I think people are selling USA's chances uh, very much short. I think, uh, I, I think a lot of people will be in for a, a rude awakening once they see how we come out in the, the uh, first game. I think they'll be ready point, for it. Good point. <laughs> I'm picking Germany. <laughs> Yours coming out already. Germany, done. The first European team to win a World Cup on South American soil. Ooh, that's a bold statement. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> well, uh, and I, you know, I know the expectations of um, our team uh, of Indy Eleven. Um, your guys' expectation: you want to finish top of the table. You want to finish. I mean, you guys obviously want to. Uh, you know, do well throughout the season. What what is a success in your eyes? Being first season, what's what what it's what's deemed a success? Is it is it fan interaction? Is it attendance? Is it play of the team? What where's where's your guys' base of success of where you can go home and be like we've had a successful season, we've had a successful game, and, and you know that you can actually look back and go okay this is this is this was good. This is where we expect it to be. You know, I'll start the first piece of this. I, good question, but I think we've already come off to a good start. And you look at our season ticket uh, base, you know, we're already committed with, what, 7,000-plus season mm -hmm. ticket holders and then probably then a few more as they're opening some seats and maybe creating some room uh, for some more season ticket holders. So uh, getting the franchise out, I think we uh, all created a fantastic brand when you look at the logo and everything that went into the thought and the process and uh, – you know how meaningful that is to the city of Indianapolis, the history of soccer in the state of Indiana, and then the historical value. So I think uh, we're off to a great start with the uh, with the brand, the franchise, the supporters that we've created, the Brickyard Battalion, their commitment and contribution to the club. Uh, but we still are a first-year pro soccer team, whether it's uh, the NESL or any league above or below us. And there, you know, there's a learning curve that comes with you know building a professional soccer franchise and all the little things that. Uh, we need. I know John has things he needs with uh, his role, and Guijo has more things he needs. Uh, but I think we're off to a great start with where we are, and uh, we look, Tim and I will look to continue to build a quality team even through the year uh, going into next year. So we never, we never stop having those conversations with our, between ourselves and the rest of our staff and how do we get better doing what we do and prove the quality of the players that we have on the field, either with current players making them better or uh, finding new players that we feel can help us get better. Um, you know, so the expectation for me going forward is, you know, we want to put a good competitive quality product on the field and, you know, keep the expectation where it is. We're year one. We're, uh, you know, week one of the season. Uh, we played a very good uh, Railhawks team that, 
you know, we, we were there, you know, step for step with, with those guys. If not, maybe a few opportunities we created late in the game that, you know, maybe could have snatched it. So for me, you know, looking at week one, I think we've done quite well with the time that we've had to assemble the team uh, and continue to improve. But, uh, you know, to come out and say, hey, we're going to win the league in year one, it, you know, it, you know it, can, it can be done. It's very bold. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the league's also growing. It's getting more competitive. More teams are being added. And we look at next year and we have uh, Virginia coming in and Jacksonville and Oklahoma City. And it's just it's going to get more interesting because it's harder to it's going to get harder for everybody to find more good players because with more NESL teams you look at MLS they're adding a couple franchises next year and so the demand for players and the work that goes into finding players is not going to get easy for us the relationship with USL Pro and MLS so a lot of quality MLS players that maybe get drafted or aren't in the first team they now have an option to go into the league below us and uh, compete and play so it's it's a challenging environment and as long as we continue to find quality players and get better during the course of the this year and be competitive, and uh, uh, you know we'll be we'll be quite happy. And I think we're well off to a good start there. And that's not, that's also not a bad thing to be able to pick up that kind of talent based off of success here. Right. You know, I, I know that your success. Like, what are your what's your guys's gauge? Like, where do you guys gauge success of the team? How do we gauge success of the team? Yes, the front office. How does the front office gauge success of the team versus how? I mean, obviously, there there's going to be performance based, uh, you know, in terms of just how they play and, and what they're what they're looking at on the pitch every game. What does the front office view success as in terms of maybe even just the team performance I mean, or just, fan performance? Uh, it's it's twofold. It's giving the fans the best experience possible every game, without question. Uh, like Peter says, it's it's everything from the moment you pull into the parking lot, how long it takes you to get into the parking lot, from the moment you leave the building, and, and everything in between. It's you know how are the concession lines doing? Are you know are are the bathrooms clean and and, and you know or, or crowded or are there lines for the bathrooms as well? It's funny we were talking about. It, there, there were lines for, for concessions. They were formidable, as uh, Dave Siskowski <laughs> mentioned in his uh, article on uh, 11 Bricks. Uh, there were lines for merchandise, uh, and there were some logistical issues tied in with both of those. Um, but there were no long lines for the bathrooms, and if there's going to be the, an absence of lines for one thing, that's really the one you want to get right. So at least we, we got that part down. We're, uh, we're working with Levy and uh, Main Events and ESG to – to make a better customer experience, uh, you know, night on Saturday for everyone else, for everyone who comes on down, uh, we hope they'll see market improvement in a lot of areas. But that's that's the thing as a front office we're most worried about is giving fans a, an experience that will make them want to come back rather than saying, well, you know, the the game was all right, the the play on the field was good, but uh, I don't know, everything else was kind of a, a hassle. I don't know if I want to come uh, back. Right, that, we can't have that. That's right. that's the death knell. Uh, for for a team like like you guys us. just so, released a, I mean you guys just released a almost a press a, you know right. statement from Peter that, that's, that just said hey this is that what was here that was in the works um, honestly from our, our folks at, at our partners at Levy on Saturday night they had written a detailed email about the changes that that could be made and could be affected in time for next Saturday's game so we want to give them 
a great amount of credit for realizing what you know changes that need to be made and working with us and we, we had a great conversation with them main event and ESG over the last 48 hours and now we have a plan in place to make the experience better and to get that out early in the week I think is, is pivotal uh, we've got a, a, a I put that out at seven o'clock gotten a ton of great feedback from <laughs> yeah. fans uh, already just in, in two Us or three hours about you know you know we we need to show that that you know we care about you know the the experience from front to back uh from a success on the field standpoint um you know of course we we would like three points out of the gate every <laughs> night uh, night in night out um you know having been around the team during pre during the building process in the preseason um, you know, still bringing guys in who are going to be, you know, big contributors a week out, two weeks out, three weeks out. These guys need time to gel. So from a front office standpoint, we can't go out and demand from Tim and Jurgen that we win every single game 3-0 and, and start, you know, rickrolling teams. You know, it's, 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 it's unrealistic. Um, but, uh, you know, sorry. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I want you to rickroll the stadium on Saturday. I'm need, never going to give it I, up, I want to hear it. I want to hear it at halftime. I want them to play it or just give some give lyrics to the, the PA announcer and have everybody just get rickrolled at halftime. <laughs> it's my worst nightmare. But, uh, no, uh, we want to see the, the guys be competitive. Yeah. That's what we want to see from front office standpoint. We've already seen that. I'll tell you what, from, from just the, the first day I was out in Arizona, I joined about three days in to the last day uh, in about ten days to see the improvement during that first training camp uh, of just even the small group at that point of, of, of guys, you know, mixed in with with trialists and, and, and you know, guest players. You, you could tell they were already starting to find a rhythm by the end of the Arizona trip and kind of finding finding their way with each other. And it continued in Florida. It continued in the preseason games we had up here uh, against Louisville and, and IU. You know, you could tell it was a group that was coming together really quickly and, and impressively. Um, so, you know, all we could hope for is a team that's going to compete and, and, and give the effort that, you know, fans deserve. And that, that is not a question that that is already happening. You know, the results will come from that. You know, just and the play will get better. It'll get more cohesive. Guys will learn each other's tendencies more, and it'll become a better product on the field as we move move along. But to be this far along in the process it is wildly impressive for me. I might be a bit biased, but I've, I've seen <laughs> seen a lot of teams get thrown together, and and they're these guys are these two guys are building this the absolute right way. Go ahead. I didn't watch the broadcast. Obviously, we were working on game day. I didn't watch it till last night. It's ridiculous. It was amazing to see our team and our guys feel like they've already gelled somewhat. And I know there's a lot more to come, but well, know. even the broadcast itself, everything like he was saying was even the broadcast itself was one of those things where people really felt like they they connected to it. So that was that was definitely one of the one of the good things. You guys cutting out? Yeah, we're checking out. It's fine. We got to go get ready for training tomorrow. You guys got like some important job or something going on, like something important on Saturday too. I, feel I guess. Like calling Kaluter out for a couple wind sprints after he eats about six of those wings <laughs> should be. You want to want to see the aftermath? <laughs> we do want we'll to see do the it. aftermath. Make sure you run in front of the guy. <laughs> Pretty sure there's video somewhere about a two mile run that's uh, scheduled. Uh, I, I, oh. I believe I still have a beep test promised to you guys. Yes. I want 
to see those. Can we post those? Tomorrow on morning could be the morning. Twitter? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Good. Good. And thank Gentlemen, you very much. Thank you. Pleasure for being here. Pleasure meeting you. Thank Thanks you. for coming back. We'll see you guys Saturday. Sounds good. Luck. good. Thank All right, you. awesome. John, you can you can move over oh, there if you'd shit. like to. Because I've got questions for you guys as well. <laughs> Great. Great. I got more Real Madrid questions for you, Gijo. That's them all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. You, yep. Shake some hands. You guys be safe going home. I mean, you can take my coat, I guess. The last time we were in a bar together, I got my uh, – that I was in a bar with, with you, John, and Coach, as I got uh, credit cards mixed up. That's from, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> completely forgot about that so lucky i didn't run that yeah oh man uh, throw those headphones on but yeah i guess one of the things too obviously you've been in the business the business for the a business. while the biz like what's your I, I guess for those who don't know what's your background um because the, you obviously been you, doing this for way too long I'll tell <laughs> you that. well you've got all the all the back office f folks that don't get uh, other than peter and of course molly krueger which everybody knows molly krueger um, you know, you can't Not go closer. anywhere without Molly Kruger's name somehow popping up. In but a good way. In yes, in a good way. In a good way. It, well, we want to reassure I don't know. This. I don't know. Oh, come on. I've now. heard some interesting things. Come on things. now. But anyway. Heart of gold. Heart of gold. It's true. It's true. Um, did you watch your... Uh, your interview with us from the ball, by the way, that I have we posted? Not yet. Oh. I've been holding off on that. We've got it posted. Bit. I saw. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen, but I saw. But your, your background, sir. Uh, my background is uh, after five and a half glorious years at Indiana University and watching the uh, Dima Kovalenko, uh, Yuri Lavrinyanko, Alexi Carole era, Nick Garcia. Mm -hmm. Those guys roll through. Um, I begged DC United enough that they gave me an internship writing for their website and uh, okay. went from the journalism side to uh, the dark side of PR while uh, interning there. And then um, luckily Peter Wilt was dumb enough to give me my first job with the Chicago Fire <laughs> back in 2003. Uh, and thankfully he's been dumb enough to do it again right now, but spent uh, four years with the Fire uh, in their PR department and then shifted out to Real Salt Lake for five years out there starting in 2007. And then uh, got burned out, took a year off, uh, got in touch with Peter a couple <laughs> summers ago and asked him what he was doing. He said, hey, it might be uh, starting to team up in Indianapolis might be one of the things that's happening. I said, well, I'm done with sports, but if uh, you need a PR guy, let me know. Right. Funny enough, uh, I'm back here building professional soccer in my home state, so it's been where he uh, belongs. As, as <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's been a, a ridiculously rewarding experience. Sure, and you guys have done a great job. So, I mean, you try, and and that's one of the things I even talked to you last time too, kind of off mic was, was the support that not only you guys have given us. I mean, obviously it's a little biased because you've given us a, a, a pretty cart, you know, carte blanche about everything in terms of Indy Eleven. You've given us players, you've given us coaches, Peter, you know, uh, retweets and promotions on the website and things like that. And obviously we couldn't be more, and, I, and I'll speak for Chris as well, we couldn't be more um, thankful for what you've done uh, for us, especially obviously the Brickyard Battalion, getting the public, I mean, giving the pub from them of just the, the, the collaboration between it, the two. It's the philosophy, it's the ground up grassroots philosophy and and I had the same philosophy when I was in Salt Lake City and Chicago you know if people are interested in our club and they want to cover our club 
who the hell am I to say no? You can't come in and 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 you know get a credential and cover the the match from the press box, or you can't interview this guy or that guy. Yes, there are certain allowances where <laughs> it's requests are a bit ridiculous, and sure. you want to vet properly and such. But you know, you, you sometimes you gotta take a chance and and you know get guys and. To you know, to, to outlets you might not be familiar with. You know, uh, I didn't know you from Job the first time I met you, but <laughs> you know, you guys expressed what you were doing. You did yeah. it in a, a, a you know a, a positive and, and intelligent fashion, and yeah, we'll give you guys a chance. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether I, you're the Indianapolis Star or um, you know the Corden Times or whatever, we don't <laughs> care. Sure. You know, if you want to talk to our guys, then yeah, we'll get you our guys. We we we, we want the coverage. We think we you know. We hope we warrant the coverage, and yeah, you know, it, it, it makes no sense to, to turn down relevant requests uh, at any turn, especially in our position when you're a startup and you're trying to build buzz, not just in Indianapolis, but everywhere. So, you know, you know, all people are welcome to uh, to, to get a piece of, uh, of <laughs> us, quite frankly. You'll just, you'll just let yourself out to anybody. By all means. <laughs> and uh, some uh, the B-Town Brickers, by the way. Said that you referencing Rick Astley has probably made their night and, and made the streaming That's possible. Shame. That's a shame. Coach apparently had nothing to do with it, but you start quoting Rick Astley has the, made the their night. The funny thing is, I can't stand Rick Astley. <laughs> I just can't stand him. Gijo, what's your background? How'd you get here? Came to Indiana in 2006. Um, <clears throat> my ex accepted a job at DePaul. She was an art history professor. You mean you moved here because of a girl? I did move here because of no a girl. No one ever mm-hmm. does that. Never. Okay. <laughs> so that was a good eight years ago. Uh, I was two years in Greencastle and then decided to, uh, you know, I, Indiana appealed to me in some way that I wasn't really clear about, but right. I wanted to stick around and had a couple jobs in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, it was Angie's List, International School, and then I started teaching language on my own, uh, French and Spanish, and then when I heard the team was coming, I really wanted to be involved. I mean, I grew up, I'm from New York originally, grew up in Europe, in Switzerland, I grew up there from 4 to 12, so that was the first sport that I played, and I fell in love with it as a kid, and then when I moved back here, uh, you know, Indianapolis decided to have a team, I was like, this is this is what I need to be doing, and <laughs> got myself in, be. well, found myself in front of Peter, and had to convince him over a good four-month period that... <laughs> I was the guy for the job, and, you know, he gave in, I guess, and, yeah. and gave me the position. So I feel very fortunate to be in this position, and, you know, I hope it shows in the work we do that we, we all feel fortunate to be leading the charge in uh, pro-Indiana soccer here. And, and John, I mean, I'm not going to have you. Pardon you, me you, while I no, you're chomp right. on you're my eating, chicken it's wings, fine. Or I'll try I'm, to keep it well, out no, well, no, you're, you're okay because I'm going to transition this to a Gijo question. <laughs> but obviously you being the PR guy, your, I mean, your your role is pretty self-explanatory across most uh, most teams, and rather regardless right. of the sport, Gijo, you, your role is a little bit more interesting. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, man. No, I, I meant I meant interesting in terms of it's a little, it's not concrete. Yeah, it's not it's not concretely defined or quantifiable is, is a good word for it. And so, explain a little bit of what your role is. Um, with Indy 11 in terms of being, you know, a community director? Well, I mean, essentially, we want to be accessible to the whole state, and right. we want to connect with everybody. I think when 
We announced a team coming here. There's a very strong soccer community in the north, northern part of Indianapolis. Um, and it's kind of been strong here for a long time. But in other parts of the city, the Indy metro area, downtown specifically, there's a lot of opportunity for the game to grow, especially underserved communities. So I really wanted to uh, address that kind of thirst for the game that already exists. It's a very international community downtown. Uh, on the west side of town, there's you know, a very strong Hispanic Latino community. On the east side, there's African and Southeast Asian. We've really made an effort to start to connect with those communities. We still have a lot of work to do, but the game that we are involved in, soccer, is the most inclusive in my mind. And that's why we go with the tagline, the world's game and its team. We really want to take, we take that mantra to heart. We want to offer that game to everybody. Goals for India is one, one example. Another example is the uh, futsal initiative that we're looking to roll out. If people aren't familiar with futsal, and if you listen to the program, chances are you do know what that means. But for those who don't, <laughs> Futsal is essentially... You're, 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 you're uh, saying our listeners are a little bit more educated than they might actually be. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but in case that's, that's not high. true. Yeah. <laughs> Futsal is uh, basically soccer played with a, a, a ball that's a little smaller, heavier, um, and it's a small-sided game just meeting uh, less people on a smaller sp in a smaller space. In this case, we're looking to have futsal courts, outdoor courts, all over the city, 11 of them. Um, and that would help promote, obviously, the game of soccer throughout the city. But uh, those people who are playing, that helps increase your uh, technical ability. So we're just trying to develop more soccer players and more interest. And that's just one aspect of, of my position. And uh, Now, aren't, aren't, isn't there a plan to build a futsal field? There is. And right Where? now, we're, we're, well, we're working on that. Okay. We're, with, we're working with Indy Parks and Rec on finding a, a good location for our initial field. Um, and then, like I said, uh, the idea is to have 11 of these all over the city long term. But still got to find that first one. And <laughs> we've been a little busy the last couple of weeks, so sure. we haven't been able to focus on that. But we will be. Really? Meeting, yeah, a little something, bit. Something going on? A little something. <laughs> a little something. A little something. In, in terms of the uh, also, uh, and obviously um, the ball w uh, went off uh, very swimmingly. Molly Kruger yes. led that effort, and she did a, a fantastic Masterful job. Masterful job. Masterful job. She found a location. Um, Which was you know, an awesome location. It was anyway. a great location at Dallara Indy Car Factory, for those who, who didn't know. And, you know, everything from finding the DJ to, you know, the decorations. Uh, Molly Kruger, lucky to, lucky to have her. <laughs> and she's the perfect lady for the job, too. She is. She is. Yeah, she fits. I mean, and then that's one of the things that, that I think we've talked about with Peter before, too, is that when he... And Ursal and everybody has, has hired people into the front office. I mean, you fit your role. John fits his role. Molly fits her role. Mike fits his role. Everybody in there is like is perfect for that role. We, and uh, having experienced this in Chicago, and this may sound a little self-aggrandizing because I'm <laughs> part of the staff, but <laughs> nobody puts together a better staff than Peter Will sure. because he brings together people with different experience different backgrounds but more importantly he brings together people that will work for each other and especially when you have as small a staff as, as we do uh, that, that's that, that just means the world it means everything um, you know the the interaction in our office is is the most comfortable work environment I've been in in, in 12 years and it's a testament to the type of characters the type of character that, that Peter tends to bring in and he just has he just seems to have a, a 
a knack for you know just bringing the right people into into right roles. And, and like I said, when you when you have a front office of 15, and it's not just even the, it's not just the full-time people either. Peter wants to, to talk to every intern that we want to bring on board as well, and our interns do just yeoman's work, just more work than, than <laughs> any interns ever should do, and they do a, a bang-up job, um, all of them. But they and, get that experience, though. Oh, that's it's the it's whole incredible point of it. experience, yeah. and you know, it, it's it really is a testament to the type of of just I guess character driven Peter has, and, and really, uh, you know, bring in a guy like Tom Dunmore. To, to be kind of his right-hand man. I was talking with Gijo on the way up here. I'm like, I, I don't know how he stays as organized as he does with, with <laughs> as many moving parts as as there are, you know, every single day. You know, Tom's out there dealing with seemingly every single organization we talk to or have involvement with, Tom is, is there. Somehow and, manages and to keep his inbox at, like, Five on Yeah, that bastard. <laughs> disgusting. I can't stand it. It's disgusting. I, I, my inbox is about to <laughs> explode. Im- explode. <laughs> Guy likes like email. Black hole. Right Guy likes now. email. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Fast um, typer. Well, know, it's I mean, from from top to bottom, he, he just has. Uh, you know, they brought in just wonderful people. People with knowledge of Indianapolis. People with knowledge of the soccer industry. You know, people who've been in sports for 30 years, people who are getting their first job in sports. He's just found the right mix to, to, to keep it where it's knowledgeable, it's fresh, there's new ideas, there's you know people to lean back on to see how it's been done properly before, and it's just a, a, a marvelous mix that, that we're just fortunate to have. And I think that's one of the big things, too, What like um, Tim uh, touched on. Billy Joel. Sorry, Billy Joel. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but I think that's one of the things that uh, that Tim even touched on was the passion, uh, and something that somebody on Twitter actually said: the passion that the fans have is directly translated because of the front office, because Peter hires passionate people, and then the passion that you guys have for the game of soccer and for the team and for the city directly affects the fans that actually come to the game. That's a common thread between the staff. I mean, like you said, we have varied experience levels and just perspectives, but the passion we all bring to the table every single day, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are if we didn't really all believe in many aspects of what we're doing. And I think there's a certain magic involved, too, because guys like Jurgen, yeah, who's just sitting around in Carmel for a number of years, <laughs> finding coaching gigs on the side, sure. doing, doing something else Playing indoor, but, just playing but, some indoor here and there. Right, just, you know, <laughs> a, a guy is qualified for this job as Jurgen Summer as sitting in the backyard here. Right. And, you know, we, we land him. A guy like Tim Regan, who has experience, you know, who, who learned the game, you know, as a pro from Bob Bradley, of all people, <laughs> who managed, you know, he sure. was an assistant coach in the U.S. soccer system, like Jurgen was as well. I mean, he has a wife from the Indianapolis area. Go figure. Yeah. I mean, like. Shocker. I mean, uh, it's it's just wild to think that, you know, there's there's got to be something else to it almost. There's like this cosmic sense that, that is sucking all these these people into this this vortex that is Indy 11 <laughs> and just and, and making it happen. It was and, meant to be. And, but yeah, and, and honestly, we feed off the energy that that the Brick Air Battalion and all the fans have have had since day one. So we know there's, you know, we're we're coming together and doing everything we can as a staff to make sure 
these great experiences and a, a team that the city would be proud of on and off the field. But we're, we're all doing it for them. You know, all this is, is, is nothing without the fans. And to come out and see the payoff on Saturday night, I mean, we knew it was going to be good. We knew it was going to be fantastic, but I don't think any of us realized just no. how marvelous that atmosphere was going to be. Crazy. And the expectations were super high. Sky high. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, and just talking to you and talking to you, obviously the expectations for Saturday's game were way up here, and the and fact that it went even higher right. is was amazing this for me. This is all we've been working towards since yeah. we started. It's nice to see the payoff. Yeah, it was oh, exactly. It was incredible. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, if you guys have stuck with the YouTube, we've been having some issues with the YouTube connection. I don't know what YouTube's doing right now, but uh, if you're sticking with us, if you have. We have a couple more minutes here with Gijo and, and John. If you have any questions, use the hashtag BYBcast. One of the questions that somebody did have was, uh, is there any plans of starting tailgating earlier than 4.30? I don't believe so. It's a, um, it's a it policy a we have at the university about okay. when we take over the lots. Sure. So, um, not, unfortunately not. Logistically, I mean, it's, it's fantastic that people want to – Tailgate, <laughs> right. starting at like what eight thirty in the morning. You guys well, would probably be out there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I wouldn't be. But. I remember trying to tailgate all night when I was a student down at IU for the, one of the IU OSU football games, mm -hmm. and my buddies and I showed up there at seven thirty the night before. Even though we got, you know, we asked the IUPUD the night uh, yeah, yeah. earlier that day, and they're like, "No, you can't tailgate all night." We're like, "All right, thank you." Yeah. And we went up there and tried to do it anyway. There we go. But, uh, <laughs> so I appreciate the passion of that. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, there's not much we can do about that. So it's got to be a one slot's open at 4:30 is is when the tailgating shall commence. Andy, you asked me about sorry community relations and the yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. So we're always trying to outreach to different demographics, and mm -hmm. one of the um, one of the projects that we're working on, and really really closely with the BYB, Josh Mason, who you know pretty well. I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Josh Mason is usually here. There you In, go. Intimately familiar. Is that too close? We, we might have spooned a couple of times. That's precious. That's <laughs> precious. He talked about that. I didn't want to bring it up, though. <laughs> but, no, he's usually here. Uh, he had some prior engagements, uh, so it's just me. Um, but, anyway, he's usually here running the, uh, the social media side of the things gotcha. and, and uh, apparently was drunk enough to select us. Uh, Chris and I to select us to, to be the in. voice of the Brickyard Battalion. Big mistake, Josh. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Huge. That's Huge. what I'm saying. But apparently we're here <laughs> and we're doing our thing. But you've uh, been working on this foot golf initiative. So okay. we're just trying to find more ways to engage communities that don't, traditionally don't want to, you know, have a tie to soccer. But here it's helping. It's using soccer as a draw to get people on the golf course and vice versa. It's like a cross-pollinating kind of situation. Is foot golf exactly and what it sounds like? It's exactly what yeah. it sounds like. And you should look it up. It <laughs> looks frisbee golf, but different. I will do that. You should check it out. But and, and the head of the PGA. Head of the PGA, Ted Bishop, gave me a call a couple months ago. And Josh has kind of picked up the, the baton and ran with it. And looks like planning is uh, underway for an event on June 21st. So... You asked me what kind of events are coming up that yeah. are different. That's one of them. So keep Where's checking our website. Believe it's going to be at the Legends Golf Course. Okay. Um, but again, planning is in its Bring infancy your cleats. right We're now. We're going to tear up some nice turf. <laughs> Check out the <laughs> uniforms. We're going to divot the heck out of that place. <laughs> We're going to run on the green, which you're not supposed to just do. Just remember, Pretty replace fired your up. divots, please. Yes, <laughs> replace please. your divots, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but and and that's uh, you know those are the the, the weird things that. Um, 
Uh, are, and one of the things I actually wanted to ask was the, the scarf that you brought in. You brought in the uh, uh, was it was it the, the dual team yep. uh, game for Saturday? Correct. You can go ahead and hold it up for the uh, the folks watching here. Where's the camera at? Right are there. they watching? Oh, they're watching me. They're watching eat. you eat. It's okay. That's fantastic. <laughs> Somebody That's also great. commented on Gijo's uh, delicious-looking burger in handcuffs. Smoking uh, black and blue with onion those things, rings. Those things are handcuffs. They are onion rings. Lower, buddy. Right down here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. There you go. So you got the Railhawks. You got an I eleven. To, I was about to Lindy it. Is this true? Boom! Boom! Uh, boom! 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 But uh, what kind of scarves are currently available right now? Currently available, we got the checkers, we got the skylines, we got the people scarfs. Actually, I'm not sure what I know. The inaugural scarf sold out in a hurry on Saturday night. So right. the other three, I believe, should still be available. I actually haven't got the update from the merch guy Brad yet. So uh, who makes the scarves? Makes scarves. I believe it's a company out of Poland. We used one of Tom Dunmore's contacts up with Section Eight Chicago. Okay. Uh, marching. We know some people back in the homeland. So, uh, Did you see one of the AO uh, indie scarves is on that uh, ESPN commercial? I didn't. Uh, at the very beginning, a guy's walking in a crowd, and he's holding up one of the uh, American Outlaws that's Indianapolis awesome. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> scarves that's, uh, that's on there, too. I think those, are, that, those scarves are made by Roughneck. Yeah, uh, yeah, we definitely don't use Roughneck. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to work some contacts at ESPN to, to um, get us to be one of the official – USA Watch Party host cities. Oh, nice! One of the World Cup games. Is that so an exclusive that on. nobody knows really about yet? Uh, it's mm. been it's been murmured. Okay. I, I think a little bit, but um, now officially, I don't promise anything. But yeah. we, we got a lot of work to do on it. But that would be something that that would be great. Come World Cup time, I mean, you, can you imagine how would many you do thousands that at Carroll Stadium or where would no, you do it? No, I don't believe so. Just uh, there would be some options. We were hoping to do one for the USA Mexico game. Qualifier back in September at City Market. Okay. Um, just couldn't get the clearance and you know from Union Jacks was at that packed, point. By the Union way, Jacks was I mean, ridiculous. Yes, I think uh, we were both there at yes, that, that night. Yes. Um, <laughs> Drinking copious amounts of alcohol. Right, but I, I think I think we would need a bigger boat. Yes, than, uh, I think City so Market too. Plaza, if uh, we could pull off one of one of these USA World Cup. Indianapolis has a lot of great venues for that, so we've been exploring them for the last couple of months. Wouldn't it be cool to have something at uh, like uh, the lawn? Like put a screen up at the lawn at, at the White River uh, Gardens and mm-hmm. put a screen up there and, and have people watch because that's an outdoor venue. You can have a lot of people there that are watching it. Speaking of the lawn, we're uh, we're working with Uh-oh. Big Car, which is another Segway community organization <laughs> in downtown Indianapolis. I need you to eat that microphone, Gijo. Okay. Um, in the summer, you're eating those onion rings. <laughs> Come on, they're delicious. By the Jump way, in yes. there. Shout out to Taps Onion Rings. Mid-May or late May, we're going to uh, roll out this adult rec soccer league, and the idea behind that is pitting ten community or ten neighborhoods against each other, and see who's uh, who's the best neighborhood team. Those games are going to be played really at cool. White River State Park, right in front of NCAA. So there's going to be every trophy involved. Wednesday and- trophy presentation of the winner at uh, one of our home games, possibly playing the final at our stadium. Ooh before one of our home games so it's gonna be pretty cool flat 12 is one of our um shout sponsors out obviously. shout out to flat 12 they've been an incredible partner from day yeah. one even before Great people before Great we people. signed on officially with them they were helping us out a lot and they're just incredible so it's a very good segue for me actually because uh flat 12 um uh supplied the free alcohol for us um at the uh, brickyard battalion tent during tailgating 
Nice. So there Good was for you. there the was Hinchtown. Have you tried the Hinchtown yet? Yeah, there was there. Fantastic. That was there. <laughs> um, one of the things too that that was big with um, that we're doing right now is uh, we're going to be making uh, cups, uh, Brickyard Battalion cups. So it's going to have the Brickyard Battalion like logo on cups? one side. No, 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 just for tailgating. Oh. So for tailgating, we're going to have Brickyard Battalion cups on one side. I'm trying to look here to see where it's at. But we're going to have Brickyard Battalion on one side, um, Flat 12 logo on the other. Uh, there's going to be a donation, a suggested donation of $5 per cup. Now, there's going to be only a limited uh, a, a, a amount of these, so about 1,000 stadium cups. Um, so it's got BYB on one side, flat 12 on the other. We'll be able to use it at the tailgate. Uh, at the tailgate sorry. But uh, that way when you're coming up, you're getting carded, you're getting your, uh, your wristband for having that beer. Basically, you're paying for the cups, and then the beer the rest of the night's free. Now, I got some food in me. The segue is going to keep coming fast and furious. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about $5. Yes. We had a recently last week during soccer like week, we had, a bar, we had a bar crawl. Okay. Um, we partnered up with the Cultural Trail. And I'm going to bring up the futsal initiative again. But basically, we want to highlight certain bars on the uh, cultural trail downtown. We had our initial bar crawl where it's involved Thomas and Tap Room in the city market, the front page, and then Chatham. And we're going to rotate through different uh, bars that are on the, on the cultural trail. But it's $5 to get in, so we're going to have more of these during the season. So $5 goes to benefit the cultural trail, and, five do- and the other half, sorry, you pay five dollars to get in. Two fifty. Two fifty. Two fifty goes to the cultural trail, and two fifty goes to the futsal initiative. So you're drinking, you're contributing to the community, your local community. It's all good. So I'd, come out to the next one, be on the lookout. It's a win-win-win. I, I did exactly. want to throw out there that we did. It, it wasn't free. Uh, flat twelve. We did pay for it, but we supplied it for yes. for free to people that were coming up to Is us. That a legal disclaimer. I think I think uh, because uh, Mason works for a liquor <laughs> company. <laughs> That you, you he's gotta, like, you he's like, text, it's not you? free. You got a text. It's never free. <laughs> I did get a text. I got a, I got a uh, um, probationary text <laughs> from Mason that just says, hey, guess what? But no, yeah, if nothing he was here, he free. would. Yes, nothing is free. So I mean, we're gonna kind of wrap up here. Uh, it's been a longer podcast, and you guys want to eat. But uh, what kind of things do you guys want to see going forward in terms of fan interaction and 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 any kind of community like? How do they reach out to you, of course, if they want to do something uh, within the community uh, in terms of maybe their their place of business or whatever organi- organization they're a part of? How do they get t- uh, in touch with you um, if they're wanting to do that? Or are you just going to call them eventually? 685-1100 is our office line. Okay. Um, we've been getting a lot of calls for, for sales, for tickets, but, of course, they can call any time if they have any questions. My extension is 181. Um, or my email address, Gijo, so that's spelled G-U-Y hyphen J-O at Indy11.com. How was that not taken? Right. I know. <laughs> Shocking. I had to fight a lot of people for that. <laughs> we had to kill the first Gijo. We had to get, uh, yeah, yes. get that one. And your Twitter account. What's your Twitter account as well? It's, it's, impossible. Uh, it's impossible to decipher. Le Chinois Cubain. That's my little French background there coming out. It's L-E-C-H-I-N-O-I-S-C-U-B-A-I-N. Okay. I know. It's all right. It'll be on MP3. They can rewind it. There you go. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, those are the ways to get in touch. We like to think of ourselves as hyper accessible. Um, there are a lot of requests that come through our offices each day, so you might not get a prompt response every single time, but we always get back with you. And we obviously realize the value in, in serving a community and, and being as accessible as possible. So. We ask that you follow up persistently because yes. we, <laughs> you've, we, got, we, you've got stuff to do. 
Well, you, I mean, you've got no, stuff on your plate. I mean, Everyone's got, got stuff to do. True, true. But I mean, we are getting a, a ton of requests, so it it, it takes a while to cycle through them. them and get it's back. good to no, see. No, it's a good. Pr- it's, it's the fantastic. best problem to have. Fantastic. For sure. And if we uh, if we don't respond to you properly, it's not because we're not interested. It's because we're you know it, we're we're trying to get to everyone, but they're you know just trying to get through the orders. So it, it's it's no slight against you or your organization. Uh, rest assured, we'll we'll be getting to it. But we we do preach patience uh, at, at this <laughs> point uh, in the operations, just because now there's game days to look forward to, and that's that's just a whole different beast uh, when you're. You know, as far as the staff to deal with. So. Do you guys get a chance and just enjoy the game? Well, at the staff meeting this this morning, Peter asked, you know, what was your moment? Um, we didn't really, we didn't get to sit and watch the game, any of us. Well, John did because in the press oh, box, wow. different story. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, just lounging up. <laughs> business dog kicking his legs up. <laughs> drinking some beer. Just, just watching the game like a normal fan. <laughs> we, uh, we, I didn't get a chance to watch much of the game, but the one moment that sticks out really was the first goal when it was scored, mm-hmm. and the reaction of everyone around me. Like it wasn't, it was, it was incredible. I got goosebumps because oh, yeah. everybody celebrated. Not they saw the significance of, you know, obviously scoring our first goal, scoring first, and uh, just I feel like that goal's been coming for yeah, a how year, long? Year a year. Half. I mean, we waited Three a year years. for it. And it was just like a huge release and excitement and, okay, all right, we're here. It didn't matter. And obviously, we would have preferred the win, but people are fired up, and we want to give them what they want, and that's what we're working for. I will say my head is buried in my laptop or my phone <laughs> for about 75% of the match, but um, my moment was uh, right at kickoff. I hopped outside the press box and did a good shot of, uh, of the opening kick for, for our Twitter feed. Right. And I, I run into uh, two of my old interns from last summer who were there, kind of at the start, Alden Woods and Ben Simmons. What? What? And they're both doing. <laughs> they're both on their phones, getting the same shot, right. and just kind of look over at them to see the, the geeked look on their sure. faces. It's like, you know, it was really cool to have two guys who, you know, who, who were in at the the ground level and getting some great experience with the, the organization and. And now we're, are, are branching out. Ben wrote a, a, just a ridiculously great article on the, the birth of you know, the club in the first game uh, for SoccerLeague.com. And Alden uh, spinning off into an internship with Sporting Kansas City this summer. He's done great stuff with the IDS down in Bloomington. So to have those two guys be there kind of, you know, and be a, a part of game day, have them come back, was, was the most rewarding part for me personally for Saturday. And you bring up – Two of the interns that work with you, and we didn't mention the, by name the interns who are with us now. Sure. Because they're not mentioned on sure. our website, so right. I want to shout those guys out. Started with my own, Bianca Regich. Uh, you got your own intern. I do. I feel very Does fortunate. That make actually, you feel I, special? actually, I really don't have her to myself. She's, <laughs> she's split. She's split. split. But I feel super fortunate to have her on board. Justin Audige, who's you know been a soccer staple in the community. Phenomenal. Incredible. Phenomenal kid. In the office and on the field for our yeah. staff team. We go to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Morlock, who's been incredible for us as well. And then Rob, I don't want to mispronounce his last name. Ooh. Alakin? Uh, Alakin. Uh, yeah. How's it spelled? Awful. Eh. 
<laughs> with an O. Sorry, Rob. I love you, though. He's yeah. an intern. Yes. It's Rob the and intern. There you go. And, it uh, is Rob. Intern Rob. My intern, Kristen Hazley, uh, who jumped on in January. We've got um, Nolan Anderson. Nolan Anderson. Sharice Yoder. Sharice. Um, man, I feel like we should go through all of them that we had as well last summer. Because they, they really are an integral part yeah. of sure. the day-to-day operations. Without them, we'd be screwed, quite frankly. We'd be toast. Uh, so it, it, it's just another part of the, the talent pool that, that we've been able to bring in. They do invaluable work. They're not fe- – well, they're fetching us coffee from time to time, but we go with them to Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, <laughs> you you guys, know, it's, it's a group effort. You guys mentioned the uh, that first goal. And you could feel, and I, I kind of this was something I wanted to talk to, to uh, the coaches about, but you know, there's so much other stuff to, to talk about, where that you have that. It was that release. Release, exactly. It was just that pen up where it's like, when's it going to happen? And when's it, it going? Are we going to have to wait till the second it half? Was weird watching from the press box because you can't get all the natural sound in there. Yeah. It's, it's almost like I'm well, a mime. I fell walk, over like, like in I'm my seat. A mime. I was standing up on, on a bleacher and I fell over because I was freaking out so much. Chris ran down to the to the, to the, to the, to the bottom of the railing and was just running back and forth going crazy. And there was other people that were doing that. But it, it was fun because I couldn't hear it all, but right. I could see it all. Yeah, yeah. And you could see the release. The I stands. thought we, I, and I thought our stands were going to collapse at that point. Yeah, well. it was like, holy lord, we're gonna die right now, but we're gonna die happy because that just happened. Exactly. <laughs> but if you watch the broadcast again from the game, and you watch the end of the game, post game, yeah. and the camera pans to the BYB section, game's over. Fans are there, rocking it out. You yep. see a kid who's maybe 12 years old, sure. shirt off, waving his shirt around. <laughs> like, that's 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 awesome. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. And that's, I mean, if we can keep that up, we're happy. Well, I'm, and I'm definitely looking forward to Saturday. Uh, tickets still available, so still they available. can uh, go online. 685-1100. Uh-huh. We also have season tickets available. Call us, 685-1100. We will set you up. Um, go online, uh, indy11.com. Indy11.com, ticket section okay. right there. Um, you guys doing any kind of giveaways or anything through the Twitter account? Uh, coming we're not doing up to any game, giveaways. Or? Do 317 has uh, been doing some free uh, ticket Brick giveaways. Brick Battalion is. There's a Brick Battalion is. Metro uh, PCS this week is giving away 111 tickets across their various Indianapolis locations. Okay. Um, uh, other contests, City Barbecue has a tailgate contest. You can sign up through our Facebook page. And that happens every home game, right? Every home game. Um, I tried to win that get one. Get a free tailgate package. You'll win to, it eventually. I was going to say, I want, the, trying, I want them to come Keep out trying. to the Brickyard Battalion section <laughs> of the tailgate. I think you guys got portion. the tailgate covered. Uh, we got it covered. We got we music. We got like a DJ. We got everything. We also got a um, ball kit contest. McDonald's has two spots for ball kids, for uh, certain ball managers for every game. Uh, we'll be uh, having that contest unveiled um, tomorrow. Actually, we did a post today. Uh, we'll be doing more posts tomorrow and on Thursday before that contest ends. So a lot of great, not just ticket giveaways, but a lot of great different contests surrounding the game day experience you can be a part of. And Indiana being such a, a huge volunteer state in terms of sports, just want to point out, if you want to go to the game and help out, you should Volunteer. give me a call. Volunteer. <laughs> no, because you know what? We are a staff of 14, uh, and that, that staff in the front office is the game op staff. So we are always looking for help. We've got a lot of partners that we're working with, but they can't show up to every game. Sure. So if you want to help out, please contact me again at Gijo Gordon or Gijo, G-U-I hyphen J-O <laughs> at Indy11.com yeah. or 685-1100 uh, if you want to help us out on game days. 
And I wanted to take a, sec- a second to just thank everybody uh, from the Brickyard Battalion on Saturday. Uh, you know, the front office, you know, uh, Gabe, Josh, Justin, uh, Derek, Johnny, Dan. I mean, everybody that, that is, and I'm missing a ton of people, uh, you know, the other Derek. Um, everybody that's that that was part of that setting that up, uh, Josh Mason's what I like to call the Stratus pole. That th- the thing I don't know, I don't know if you saw a picture of me posting it. That thing was higher. That was probably a three-story flagpole that was raised up above everybody else's in the middle of the parking lot or at the end of the so parking awesome. lot that you could see probably from the stadium. I'll and look for it next. Yes, week. Yes, you probably actually. can actually I'll look see for it from, from the, the stadium. Press box. Yes, I that thing, that thing is it. huge. Um, I, I don't know the, the footage of it, and I'm sure he'll probably message me uh, coming up here. <laughs> yes, he says large poles. Um, but <laughs> HR, yeah, ah, it's, HR. it's a it's a podcast, kids. What are we gonna do? We're not on we're not on uh, on radio here. But uh, I mean, everybody from the Breakout Battalion, uh, from just the the OG uh, Breakout Battalion folks. If this if it wasn't for them, we said it in the first episode of the Voice of the Breakout Battalion that if it wasn't for them. There wouldn't be a team, right? Really, and, and I mean, if, if if it wasn't for that movement, there wouldn't be a team, right? Absolutely, and, and that right. foundation, you know, is, is rock solid. But it, it's also been encouraging to see all the affiliate chapters pop up across the state and want to be. A well, part and of yeah, it. I mean, and like it, all the like the slaughterhouse and, so and, and the uh, the Bloomington Circle, folks, Circle City the, the guys down, yes. in, the guys down in the, yeah, the South Siders now. Yep. Um, Jeremy down in Columbus is a gung ho guy. Great dude. Um, and affiliates are important. Shane, uh, Shane up in Fort Wayne over the summer. Uh-huh. He's a fantastic individual. I mean, there's so many great people across the state, you know, wanting to see this thing take off, you know, just uh, from the get-go. And, it, you know, it, it's it's a unique thing. It, like Larry Lindy in our office, who is one of the more unsung heroes of the staff, you know. Truly. Just, um you know, every now and then he'll, you know, we'll look at each other and he'll say, you know, like, it's not supposed to happen like this. Like, <laughs> this isn't how it works right. in sports. Like, this, this like, like the foot, the other foot's going to drop sometime. And we're like, well, maybe it won't. You know, maybe maybe the support keeps on coming and, and the community keeps rallying around us like they have. Like, you know, being the... Being in sports for so long, you know, you kind of get jaded a little bit. But you know, it, it's been fascinating to see the progression and just see this continue like a snowball downhill, just to pick up steam and, and get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, you know, maybe it, maybe this is how it happens here. Maybe you know, it's phenomenal. You asked earlier, how do we judge success from the front office? And obviously, he gave his answer. But from my perspective, I think growing our fan base. You know, I was on Saturday night cleaning up the putting some stuff in the suites, and the cleaning crew's there. Sharon, I'm giving you a shout-out if you're listening. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, but it's okay. It's all right, but Sharon uh, had no idea about soccer, didn't know you know, a thing about the game, but then she was there. She saw the crowd towards the end. She goes, you know what? I'm coming next week. I'm not working. I'm coming next week. I want to see what it's all about. I have a lot of people coming off the sh- you know, that I run into who had nothing to do with soccer. They know I'm involved with the soccer team. They've been hearing about, they heard about the game, they heard about some of the other events. They're coming. And uh, if we can keep growing that soccer base, maintain that interest, make sure people have a good time, from the moment they get out of their car to the moment they get back in their car or get on their bike. Cultural <laughs> Trail shout out. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I'm a walker. Yeah. All you walkers out there. Yeah. That's all we want, and uh, that's a success to me. So I think that's, if we can keep that up. Let's think if people try it once, 
they'll be hooked. Well, and yeah, that's, that's that's the biggest testament. And th- that's that one of the reasons that I was glad that you guys were coming on tonight because I mean, you, we're going to talk a lot to the players and to you know high-profile media folks and you know uh, you know local quote-unquote celebrities and things like that. But you guys are the ones that are the reason that this is all happening. And well, and I, I don't know about to, that. To a certain, it's the fans that. But it's that, still. That, but it's still. If it wasn't for the, the grease, if it wasn't for all the work that you've done, there wouldn't be fans there to cheer it on to make it successful. To have those moments where you guys were just talking about saying, "Hey, you know, if it isn't for, it's like the chicken and egg type of thing." You know, right. we could debate all day which one's more important, but in my eyes, and I know in a lot of other people's eyes, the front office is the ones that are are there working the long hours i mean like you said you're only a staff of 14 so you can only do so much in a in a 40 hour work week <laughs> which Quote i unquote. haven't seen <laughs> i don't know what that is in but, a, uh, okay how about this yeah, in an indy 11 work week you can only do so much in an indy 11 work week um i i think the important part about our staff is that peter doesn't talk about being a second division club or a first division club just talks about being a professional club a club that any league in the world, be it NASL or MLS or the Premiership or the, the Scottish Fourth Division, would want <laughs> and and in their league and be you know be a, a flag bearer for their league, be it be you know the, the standard bearer, and that's that's you know all we want to do is be seen as a professional club and, and you know have our cues taken from there and have outsiders look at us and be like. They're doing things the right way, and that, that that's, that's what guides us. We just want to be professional on every turn. I, I told you, I, the food's making me segue like crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about professional club. Maybe we need our own show. <laughs> I yes, think we so. need each other. We are. I feel like John Stockton. Oh, dude, Listen, we got great chemistry. Don't you dare take my <laughs> airspace, guys. I'm not taking my airspace. <laughs> just want to put it out there. You can come on whenever you want to. You can come on oh, here. Appreciate that. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So That's overdue. Thank you, thank you. Um, the gala, we were working towards releasing our lookbook that we've been working mm-hmm. on. And I don't know if you had a chance to see it so far. We are going to push it out. We're going to push it out on, uh, on our website uh, soon. So for all you ladies out there who like a, a well-dressed soccer player, <laughs> we're really trying to expand our reach. And I think it really puts our guys in a professional light again. And that's really what we're striving for. And that's just one aspect of many ways. We're just not... We're aiming high, you know, and that's what we're going for. It doesn't matter how you classify us. We're just trying to do the best we can no matter what. And, and a lot of times it's just doing it or asking to do it. Right. It's not, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's how I even approached you. I'm like, okay, it's a professional soccer right. team. Why the hell would they ever want to deal with a podcast that never know until you That was only like two shows into doing it at a bar where I'm just like, hey, do you think that you could send so-and-so onto my show? Uh, and and you're like, sure. And I was like, well, I, apparently it's that easy just to ask. <laughs> it also helps that we happen to have one of the most media-friendly and savvy presidents in all of American sports, just, let alone soccer. You don't even soccer. have to say media-friendly. Just, just friendly, friendly overall. No, exactly. true. That guy is it's just true. ridiculous. Peter's a one-of-a-kind individual. And for... You know, it... it He's a, a Chicago guy, a Milwaukee guy. You know, it, it's, we, it's, we drank some schlaps a, the last time exactly. he was here. That's he's just thing. a Midwestern guy. And once I heard that Peter had a, maybe an iron in the fire, yeah. you know, that, that 
could end up with him starting a team in Indianapolis. I just I kind of thought about it. I'm like, he'll kill it here. I mean, he will absolutely crush it if he goes number. through with this. I'm number four. Ten. Oh, you were one away from being the important one, right? Uh, Maestro, 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, yes. In terms of soccer numbers, right. then you are the nothing important one. Right? <laughs> nothing. Hey, my first, so you're talking about Peter. My first interview for Indy 11 was at Chatham downtown. Okay. Which That's where, I met, that's where I met you the this first time anyway. Yeah. What's so. that? It's a great story. <laughs> really. I get accused of that a lot in the office. Yes. A great story. You know what? We'll leave it for the next time that you come on the show. Next time you come on the show, I want to hear it. Okay. All right? Gotcha. All right. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap it up because we're like two hours in. Uh, but anyway, I just want to thank, of course, uh, Coach Summer, uh, Coach Tim. I'm just going to call him Coach Tim. Coach Tim. Coach that Tim works. sounds good. A little respect for Coach Regan. No, I'm going to call him Coach Tim. Okay, and I want to call him Coach Regan. Coach Tim catchy. works. Coach Jurgen. Coach Summer, yeah, that works. Right, right. I'm all about catchy. It's it's this uh, media thing. You want to go catchy, call him Yurgs. Yurgs? Yurgs. Yurgi. Yurgi. How about Yergi. JS? JS. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> if his name was, if his middle name had an R involved, we would just call him Juniors. Do we know his middle name? We don't. Huh. We gotta find Ooh, that that would have been a good trivia yeah, question. Yeah, something get. even more German than Jürgen. <laughs> I hope yeah. it is. <laughs> like, like, something that sounds like angry. Jürgen Franz. Sounds something, it's just something that sounds <laughs> angry. Well, it's, it's German. Everything sounds angry. <laughs> yes, right? You could be telling your, your, your beloved that they're the most beautiful flower yeah. on the planet, and yeah. it would still come out angry in German. <laughs> That's the beautiful True. part yeah. about the language. Exactly. Uh, of course, thank you, Gijo, John, for being here. Thank you, Andy, um, for having us. Yep. Of course, follow them on Twitter. John rarely tr- checks his own Twitter. No, I, I've stopped checking but my own Twitter. At account. Indy 11. I had to be told an hour ago to check my Twitter feed. You pretty much run Indy reference. 11's Twitter uh, handle uh, for the most part, uh, right? 99.5%. Okay. So <laughs> if it's at Indy 11, it's this guy right here. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. Gijo's Twitter is a lot of retweets. It uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live off the work of other people. Gijo's <laughs> Twitter's a lot. I favor a lot. Yes, it's okay. That's okay, though. Um, so of do course, I. So do I. So, uh, of course, <laughs> at PR Podcast Show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, PermanentRelegation.com, uh, at the underscore BYB. Challenging me. Um, when, you are, when you are out. Uh, Tweeting right now. Oh, there you go. Get <laughs> it. This might be the first tweet in probably like half a month. It is. <laughs> First original tweet yes. in six months. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, uh, on Saturday, come out to Lot B. Uh, yep. That is the uh, general um, parking. I might try to actually get my work done early. And get it. Meet get out here and hang out with us, buddy. Where is Joe, this? you coming? Lot B. South side of Lot B. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right off of um, New York Street. New and, York. Uh, and uh, Burn Hall. Burn Har. Burn Hill. Barn Hill. Barn Hill, yeah. Barn Hill. New York and Barn Hill. True. Right by the uh, parking garage. Shout out uh, to Mike Ken, by the way. You will see the uh, <laughs> j- you s- you'll see a BYB tent. You'll see a 28 foot. I just got a text. It's 28 foot Josh Mason pole nice. with a knee 11 flag on it. HR. Um, uh, you know, of course, thanks to you guys for the hard work. Hey. Ooh, selfies. Hey, 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 hey. I don't want to make it look like I'm sucking the microphone. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, I just wanted to. Uh, way, <laughs> okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. That. It's okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, come out to Lot B. Uh, a suggested donation of five dollars gets you a, a, a stadium cup. We've got a thousand of those, so it's a limited edition stadium cup. I want that. Um, of course, we 
uh, the, the Brickyard Battalion has purchased some Flat 12 for you. You can drink it for free, but but donation, just buy the cup. They're encouraged. Yes, it's encouraged. Encourage help, donation. Help Bob and, and Valerie and all those guys yes, out over there. exactly. Anyway, uh, we're probably going to get kicked out of here soon, so thanks for listening. Uh, this will be up on YouTube, uh, even though YouTube was having a really hard time. Uh, but uh, make sure you like us on iTunes and, and review us. Uh, at Caged Fear, at Cibala, he's. Uh, I'm hoping he's feeling better. He was having a rough Shout time, and he us. wanted to, he really wanted to be here. We missed you, buddy. We did miss him. But thanks for everybody for watching, and we'll talk to you next time. Uh, be there Saturday yes. against Tampa Bay. Root on any 11 and chant your face off. Thanks, guys.